I shall call him Mini-Me. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you can call him Chip, and today we are talking about the final third of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. But we are not alone, no. Once again, we have been joined by a very special guest. Please introduce yourself as you would like to be introduced. Hi, I'm Mario, uh, aka Tomato Grandpa, the cool ghoul who's everybody's pal. (laughs) Hi, Mario. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Now, usually I ask our guests uh, how they got into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And while I am curious about that, I have to say I'm curious about something else much, much more. Mm. On the very first episode of this program, (laughs) Chip mentioned how he got into uh, following these stories. And he mentioned something about a friend telling him how part four ended. Oh, what? (gasps) And he just had to go uh, uh, look it up for himself. You are that friend. Am I correct? That's correct. The lore has been revealed. Yes, I was that friend. It was actually the first time that I met Chip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we were we were in the um, the ice cream shopee of uh, House on the Rock, and I have literally no idea why this topic came up at all. I do not remember either. But I, so this entire point... fifty-two episode endeavor is your fault or your doing. Whether people want to place it's... credit or blame. I don't know why it happened, uh, but I just began talking about JoJo's, and I, I definitely know we talked about part four, because I love part four. I yep. feel like I maybe talked about part seven, because it's very wild. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Without spoiling anything for the podcast, he told me something relating to dinosaurs. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> there there, there may be dinosaurs involved. And the Bible, so... <laughs> But, but before you finish uh, uh, this story, mm. I, I want to guess what the thing is okay. about the ending of part four. Is it that the, the final deadly blow is just a traffic accident <laughs> out of nowhere? I think I, think I definitely mentioned uh, there is part of that scene that I'm almost positive I mentioned, which is the when I saw the Mona Lisa's hands, I got a boner. <laughs> yeah, it could have. It could have been that. Yeah, that's true. I think so I, I think. I think the thing that really broke me, because I remember there was a part where I just started, like, cry re- laughing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was when Mario was describing Bites the Dust. And specifically, <laughs> he just said, so it's like his pre- his stand currently, but there's just a little guy version of it. And he just, <laughs> he just pops out, and then you see him, and then you die when you see the little guy. Um, and I think that's what... what killed me and made me go okay i have to watch this and i think it also when you mentioned that the little guy when he's not little also has a little cubby hole in his tummy to put a little a little guy in as well (laughs) (laughs) okay i was gonna say that reminded me that i was listening to the 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 previous episode and uh i was so mad that you guys noted krang because i was like oh it is krang though (laughs) like this is so krang iraqi definitely saw krang (laughs) And just put him in this manga. It's hard not to see Krang Mm. if you were alive during these years. It's true. So, so now now that we've covered that bit of the lore, yes, Mario, how did you come to? Who told you over ice cream about some wild shit in part two to get you on this road? Like, what? so uh, I was told by another friend of mine who was also at House in the Rock that day. <laughs> um, I was told about it in uh, two thousand and nine. I want to say I was uh, studying for the MCAT, and my friend 
I think someone he knew online had made him watch the Darby the Gambler episode of the original OVA. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, he's like obsessed with Darby the Gambler. He's, it's like his favorite JoJo's episode. So he made me watch it. Um, and then he just gave me all of JoJo's. And or that was extant at that time. And uh, so I was like in a very dark place because all I was doing was thinking about an exam. And so like, and I was also living alone. And so like at mm-hmm. that moment, like in the, in the quiet hours, I would just turn to Jojo. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, and then there'd be somebody with their whole body split open. Like, Oh God, this is just like studying. <laughs> Fuck this. Uh, that was also during the time when the only part four you could get was the Duang translation oh, man so that is also my first exposure to part four it remained my favorite part though so yeah i think part seven was still being actively written at that time so i, I mm. didn't finish it and then like a few years later instead of studying for biochemistry i i finished jojo that was again current <laughs> um, didn't do great on that exam but did learn a lot so you know <laughs> who can who's the real winner <laughs> It's it's still really funny to realize just how recent JoJo in the West is really. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it really wasn't until the anime hit. And even how big it is in Japan now because of the anime. Like I mean it was mm-hmm. obviously a known thing, but like when my friend went to Japan, he came back with the only JoJo souvenirs he could find. Uh, which were a playing card set of, that's just Darby the Gambler's cards mm. uh, <laughs> with little poker chips of like pulling the ref's face, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is great. But like when I went back two years ago, like the the n- amount of JoJo's stuff is just like like you know it's like skyrocketed. You can't look like to your left without seeing a statue of Joseph or something, <laughs> which is really intimidating. Honestly, <laughs> <It's> very large. <laughs> I want to see an accurate life-size statue of Jonathan. <laughs> wait, It'd be wait, like wait, wait. nine feet. Pre-Iraqi's art shift, Jonathan, where he looks like the, a mountain of muscle? or like... Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Jonathan, immediately after he absorbs uh, his, his gift of Hamon okay, to defeat okay. Tarkas. Okay. Yeah, just huge, like as wide as a truck. <laughs> like... <laughs> just a Buick of a man. <laughs> Raced on that... Great British beef. <laughs> <laughs> the great British beef off. Yeah, that, that's uh, Jonathan versus Dio. But we're not talking about uh, the Hamon days. No, no, no. Th- this is one of them stand parts. Mm-hmm. And we learn a lot. We learn a lot about stands. We, we see a lot of new things that stands are and can be and can do. And so I propose. And one thing I really enjoy about that is that it makes stands really messy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. we're, we're at a point where I don't think of stands as a thing, but more like a schema to interpret many kinds of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason to believe that born st- in stands and like arrow granted stands are the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. I get that. Except that we have this like theoretical framework to, you know, uh, uh, see how they interact with one another. Similarly, similar to, you know, biological alien shape-shifting powers. (laughs) (laughs) And the things that ghosts can do. Like, I know. I know there are people who say that I'm out of line saying that uh, uh, Adam Hartfather isn't a stand. It just works on similar rules because, you know, Kira's dad can see stands. Well, so can fucking Ray 
Jamie and no one's saying she's a stay-in. True, mm-hmm. true. Ghosts could just do shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I tend to agree with you that I think it's a it's it's a ghost and not a stand. Uh, like, I mean, I can see the argument that it is one, but at the same time, a, a ton of stuff in part four and, like, the part four uh, adjacent media is ghost stuff. <laughs> like, like, it's very yeah. ghost heavy. Like, Araki is very clear. Ghosts are real, one. <laughs> and that they can interact with stands, too. And maybe stands are ghosts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you come at it from the other way that, like, stands are a thing. Like, we don't have all the information uh, from, you know, the viewer's perspective. But it exists. It's real. There There are, like, lines and rules. How do you accept that viewpoint and also the idea that, well, if you get shot by an arrow and then you die, you do get reincarnated into a completely different being? (laughs) (laughs) That's just part of it. No, it's not. Stains are weird and nobody really knows. We're just doing our best to explain how they work with one another for our purposes. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you are a stickler for the rules of stands, you're going to have a hard time with every subsequent part of jojo (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) especially part five part (laughs) Part five yeah i mean (laughs) don't think about rules it's so funny that uh hunter hunter which is a a manga that definitely takes a lot from jojo the author literally made a character in the manga and then had like a five page spread just explaining how one of the stance worked in part five (laughs) there are charts there are graphs (laughs) like get like a master's degree just writing a paper on how that one fucking stand works i wish (laughs) i wish Mm -hmm. i could be given an award for understanding it (laughs) but while you're working on that just relax you start studying for the mcat at night Uh (laughs) at this point with part four like there are so many different types of stands at this point that it's just like why would you even really want to try to understand them i mean (laughs) just like an electrical tower has a stand so we like yeah (laughs) at this point (laughs) you can't you can't get in the nitty-gritty of it like that's that's, yeah (laughs) you're failing to see the forest for the electrical tower like we're getting to the point where stands have one ability but that ability is like a sweet of smaller abilities. <laughs> right, right, you right. Know. Like a suite that you can augment if you're desperate. <laughs> if you have yeah. a cat. If you have a cat, you can augment your stand. <laughs> uh, well, I guess if you have a plant that is also a cat, you can augment your stand. Do all cats that die and then and before getting shot or after getting shot by the arrow, do they all turn into a cat grass if they get buried? Oh, good question. <laughs> do you want to test it? Because you're going to go through a lot of cats. Could Killer Queen put <laughs> other things inside of his tummy <laughs> besides yeah. what else could go in there? Like, could he use, could Kira use Killer Queen to transport groceries <laughs> in his tummy? <laughs> like, is, is that an option? Could he put Hayato in there? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Well, yeah, that that's the good ending where they become like the perfect nuclear family. <laughs> it would be a really great way to weaponize Bites of Dust if you just put Hayato inside of Killer Queen's stomach yeah, yeah. and then would go in the store and, and pop it out. And here comes Hayato. <laughs> Hayato fully like goes to the dark side and his reward is he gets to pilot Killer Queen <laughs> as a mech. He, he literally becomes a Gundam pilot. <laughs> And we all know they have fantastic fathers as a rule. And well, and he would, and, and I hope there's an epilogue for Hayato where he has, where he adopts a truly obnoxious child. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
If Hayato were riding inside Killer Queen, could everyone just see a child floating through the air? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's the tough questions that I want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, like, I think that stands have become so complicated. Like, to me, and this is the thing, this is in my notes, <laughs> that I think that part four is like the peak of what I think JoJo's is supposed to be or wants to be, which it's like, it's Sherlock Holmes, because mm-hmm. it definitely wants to be a detective story. But the mystery is how you punch someone. Like, the the mystery is how best to punch <laughs> a person. <laughs> and it, I guess, it, as to, to a point, it is a little columbo where the facts are laid out ahead of time. But it's like, you have, you, the, the reader, has all the facts, sort of, right? Like, you know how mm. theoretically Enigma works, that a gun can be in that piece of paper, now the question is, how do we get into the paper and punch this guy really hard? <laughs> I was just thinking back to the, you know, ghost dad and whether or not that's a mm-hmm. stand or not. Like, I feel like some people keep pointing to the fact that that interstitial title card, you know, names his power, heart father or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. just like Miki Taka clearly does not have a stand and he his thing gets named. True. If you can do a cool thing, you can name it whatever you want. It doesn't explicitly mean it's a stand. Well, the other thing is that his stand is the the camera. Like that's his stand. The camera is his stand. Like mm-hmm. it, the the like it doesn't. It's not like he has control of all photos. He has control of photos taken by that camera. So mm-hmm. then he continues to have a bunch of abilities in the photo, which is you know like yeah. But in Miki Taka's case, to be fair, the only proof we have that he doesn't have a stand is he didn't flinch when being punched. <laughs> what if true. he's just an ice-cold motherfucker? True. He could be ice-cold. He could be so alien that he doesn't know what a punch is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I just want a spinoff with Miki Taka. Yeah. We we can't say for certain that he hasn't been lying about everything and that's an a, his actual mother in town wondering why her son is living. True. True. <laughs> in a in an electrical tower now. Yeah, I guess he just rooms there. Like like he and his weird masked roommate who I can't tell if that's like an Italo Calvino reference or not. I genuinely don't know. Like it's it's wholly possible that it is a reference to of Italian short fiction author and novelist hmm. Italo Calvino, or it's just because Rocky wants to live in an electrical tower. <laughs> yeah, I believe this last third, I'm an Alien, was the very first episode of that, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Man, I really like Mikitaka. <laughs> I really like uh, how they introduce him. I said before that he gets so much focus for like four episodes in a row or so. And it feels like Mikitaka is like a character that Araki wishes he had introduced at the start. So he could be more of more integral to the main cast almost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause he doesn't really get like a character arc or anything after those four episodes. He's just kind of like in the background and shows up every once in a while. That keeps happening though. In part four, like Shigechi yeah. is yeah. front and center for, I mean, he doesn't keep showing up in the background. Well, no, <laughs> He's in our hearts. But like p- part of, you know, the accepted wisdom, right, about part four is that Koichi is a huge central character in the beginning. Yeah. And then he gets backbenched when, when Rohan uh, mm-hmm. sort of takes his place yes. as the driving non-Jojo. But I've never heard anybody talk about how Hayato pulls the same move out from under Rohan toward, toward yes. the very end. It's true. Completely true. Yeah. I mean, Hayato becomes essentially, for a part, the primary protagonist of the story. Like, I mean, Bites mm-hmm. of Dust is 
basically just a Hayato story. I mean, like, there is essentially not a... I mean, the, the stand battle is Hayato, a normal kid, versus uh, Bice Dust. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and like, the only thing keeping Yukiko from uh, uh, being in the same sort of, like, very front and center uh, side character as, as Shigechi, as Mikitaka, is episode order, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's a thing where part four... Like, okay, so part three felt like Araki still trying to write a kind of shonen manga story where there is like a set cast and these are the characters that show up, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in in DBZ, theoretically, the main characters would be like Goku, Gohan, Krillin, etc. Theoretically, until we get tired of Yamcha and Tien. <laughs> but uh, rip, rip, rip in peace. Everybody uh, just moves on to a one house on a tiny island. What do they eat? Nobody knows. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> They eat poir. Oh, no. Poir, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so I think like he had a core cast that he was writing about. And then part four, it feels more like this is Iraqi just telling kind of whatever story he wants to tell. Like mm-hmm. even to the point where some of these stories are not fights at all. Like uh, I am an alien is not a fight story, really. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, there's no fight in it. So, and instead it's just like, okay, I made this if character. If there's no fight, how does somebody lose a finger? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, it's like, it's more like, okay, I've written this character. And then like a few chapters later, Iraqi thinks, oh, I, I could do something else with that guy. Like I could tell another story about this dude. Like, I'm like I, I like this thing about this guy. Let's do more with him. And then we just take a little tangent to where, Mikitaka's a pair of binoculars on the ground, <laughs> like waiting to be in the story. <laughs> but I, I, I love I Am an Alien. I think it's like one of the. I feel it feels like a natural evolution of Darby the Gambler to where like now it's instead of like even a pretense that this is about actually gambling. Now it's we are both cheating. <laughs> I will find out how how you are cheating. I will figure this out. <laughs> The, the competition is how can I figure out how you're cheating, and if I figure it out, you're gonna die. <laughs> I will kill you, my friend. If you, <laughs> I was so disappointed that they removed the part where uh, Josuke ch- tries to pass off not licking the die because he hadn't washed his hand that day. There's, <laughs> oh god, right. There's a sad number of omissions in between I'm an Alien and Highway Star where they cut back on how awful Rohan is to Josuke. Like there's there's a scene in Highway Star where when Josuke gets on the bus and he sees Rohan and he's like, ah, I'm not sitting down over here. And Rohan's like, really? You're not going to sit next to me? Okay. All right. You burned down my house, but whatever. Like, and so he sits down <laughs> and the next panel is just Rohan staring into the back of Josuke's head. Like, <laughs> just seething. All of my furniture from that movie gone. <laughs> What is up with that? <laughs> do you have do you, do you have any insight into what's going on with the pretty woman stuff? I have it had it plagued me. It plagued me as I rewatched this. What that was about, and I don't know. I don't have I I have no clue. I think maybe it's just that a Rocky likes to be pretty woman. <laughs> I think Did that... he want some other form of collectible from the movie, but literally all he could find and, and purchase was just the furniture he used in it? 
I shall purchase Julia Roberts. I was gonna say, <laughs> could he just purchase Julia Roberts? <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the plot of Pretty Woman. So. <laughs> she will be a matched pair with my Richard Gere. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yes. But but really, this is a story about Kira. It, yeah. yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> and Kira, Kira talks a lot about being like Fate's special little man, mm-hmm. but. I don't get that feeling at all. Maybe you have different perspective, but like from from where I'm sitting, he is successful when he is prepared. He is successful when he is desperate. If if anything, like his perspective on fate and destiny is a flaw and not an accurate statement. Like that that is a, a Achilles heel he has. Absolutely. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that he he is his own worst enemy. Truthfully, like I mean, he said that's Josuke, but it really is himself. Like. Mm-hmm. I think that it's one of those things that makes Kira such an extremely good villain. Like there are there are good villains, and then there are good villains. <laughs> like and Kira is one of those because it's like like Kira says things, and they're they're just bullshit. Like they're just not true. <laughs> like he's like, oh, I want a peaceful, serene, plant like life. Except no, you don't. <laughs> like no, you want to keep <laughs> killing women. Like, that's that's not what you want. You you shitty boy. Like, <laughs> and he does like it when it's harder. Like yeah, I mean he he makes his life harder constantly. Like he almost goes out of his way to create more problems for himself. Yeah, he loves mm-hmm, to be able mm-hmm. to gloat about coming out on top, and that the the world is with him on this. Like he really likes the satisfaction of just getting away with it. Yeah. Is, isn't that sort of a serial killer thing? Like, wasn't yeah. it, like, BTK who wrote to the cops, like, hey, you got you want any hints on that BTK letter? There, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. many serial killers. I mean, I think, I think, in truth, he's a pretty good depiction of an organized serial killer. But I also think that it's like, it, this is one of those times when, and it's not always in JoJo, where stands reflect the user to a great degree. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes it feels mm-hmm. like Iraqi made a character and then was like, uh, or made a stand and was like, okay, I got to put a guy with this thing. Uh, <laughs> but with Kira, it's like, so it's one of those weird things where, for example, so Sheer Heart Attack, it's only thing it does is like shout, look at me. Which is <laughs> a weird, why? <laughs> like, why would it need to do that? Except that it's kind of like, that's Kira's thing, right? Like, even when he, in um in one of the Thursdays parts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when he kills the uh woman he sees in the train right like it appears that his mo based on that and shigechi and indeed the um ems woman who arrives at the end of shining d is unbreakable uh like is that he likes to tell people who he is like that's you know, mm-hmm. like if he were wanting a quiet life, he just would never reveal this. But what <laughs> what he is enjoying is the ability to like actually reveal himself to people. That's what he that's what is the thrill for him. I mean, obviously there's the hands and there's the hands and the Mona Lisa and the boners. But I think there's like but like <laughs> You know the boner stuff. But it's the boner stuff too. <laughs> like so I think that's that's really interesting. It's like you wonder how much of it does he even like how much of the bullshit that he's spewing does he even believe? You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's what makes him very interesting. In the same way that it's like bites the dust is a is a wild stand, <laughs> like, and <laughs> uh, and like immensely powerful. If you think about it, you know, pra- like it literally it, con- it controls time. Like it, that's pretty wild. But at the same, or as as Hayato puts it, it detonates time, which I think is a great way to describe it. Um, <laughs> 
it it is a perfect stand, mm-hmm. but only for Kira because it <laughs> it only rewinds time for an hour, and essentially time can never really progress as long as it's in use. So Kira gets to live theoretically his perfect life for one hour permanently mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> it would allow for Kira's hypothetical perfect life for one hour eternally repeating the same hour but he doesn't use it that way instead he goes to like gloat over hayato the whole time like a shitty guy (laughs) i really thought we were going to see uh uh, bites the dust again in the josuke fight in fact i thought we Mm. were already seeing it Mm. When Josuke is being tracked by the bubble, and they don't know how because they haven't figured out the the photo-in-the-pocket telephone trick, Ah. you know, that classical jape, (laughs) I thought what was happening is Kira was essentially save-stating this fucking fight and trying to, like, kill him every way. I thought we were in the middle of the, like, fucking Groundhog Day. He's been living this hour for centuries, and Josuke keeps beating him every single time. And that would have been so fucking cool. Yeah, that is an interesting thought. Yeah, that he, if he was just knew where he was going to be every time. But but mm-hmm. but like kept having to rewind time because, because he, he kept losing no matter what. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, I do love though that it, that uh, instead of doing that, we get uh, JoJo's turning into an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge for for an episode and a ha- like a half an episode where we just <laughs> pretend like it did work. The very first time I ever saw the the ending fight to this this part mm-hmm. i really thought bites the dust was somehow gonna kick into overdrive and like go further into the past and, and that, that was going and to that was how we're gonna get to josuke's flashback yep. sequence like yep yep. Yep. <laughs> yep it was just a guy <laughs> <laughs> it was just a guy and not a time traveling josuke it yeah <laughs> Yeah, like I thought for a second, like, ooh, Kira's going to somehow become so desperate. He's going to wind back time so far that he's just going to kill Josuke as a child or something like that. And then Josuke gets pulled with him and and has to save himself. But I absolutely agree with you. That's that's what I thought was going to happen when I first wrote it as well. Yeah. Kira summons the snowstorm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He detonates the sky. (laughs) He detonates a weather bomb. (laughs) That's like... um, (laughs) Yeah, his fifth his fifth stand is cloud bursting. That's, um, uh, that's a Kate Bush song, so we can't do that. Um, it's like if you read it knowing that it's not Josuke time traveling, you can like tell yourself that it's not Josuke time traveling. And apparently, mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the time, Araki was interviewed about it, like during the run of Demon is Unbreakable, mm-hmm. and he did say. Oh, no, it's not him. That's nothing. Don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about that. So either that is true or halfway through the breakable, he thought, ah, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait wait a minute. Don't know how to do this. There, there's just some like twenty something in Morio right now. He's like, yeah, I used to have weird hair as a kid. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's the milkman. That wrote oh, the, the true <laughs> the the you should put some boobs in that comic grow up. God, yeah, yeah. So he he pushes the car out of the snow, ruining his jacket, and then he like slaps the the trunk like you're good to go. Nice jubblies, ma'am. <laughs> and and Josuke just forgot that part. He doesn't remember that at all. And his fever was way too high. 
this is a this is a complete <laughs> tangent on the subject of of people who read manga. But I it's in the it's in it's before this section of episodes. It's in the it's in the Giant Boy episode. The show omits the fact that Joseph collects manga. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, pe- speaking of people lying about their true selves, Joseph apparently a huge huge fan of manga and anime. Like. <laughs> We knew that. Well, I mean, we knew he was a global comic book collector. Yeah, I mean, right. I feel like that came up in part three somewhere, right? It did. Yeah. Okay, did it? Okay, I forgot that. It did. Okay, okay. And and he was reading comics uh, in in his childhood he, flashback. That, yes, he, he's a yes, lifelong yes. lifelong reader of sequential art. <laughs> There's not a ton of Joseph in part four, which is a shame. But the little moments of him that you get, like this fleshing out this man in his twilight years. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Asking Rohan for manga, and then Rohan being like, no, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not in English. Fuck you. (laughs) Americans don't have taste. Americans don't have taste. Um, There might be a French translation that Joseph could enjoy. He seems to read French comics just fine. (laughs) Yeah. I do like that um, raising Actung baby (laughs) revitalizes him in his old age. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this show is about dads. Like, oh, there's yeah. no getting away from it. This is a show about, like, Diamond is Unbreakable in particular is about, like, dealing with complicated dads and their legacies and, like, the measure of a man is how one surpasses their father's mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so Joseph, the the doting father, the one we've seen who is, like, involved in his children's life. Not a great husband, gotta know. <laughs> But he keeps getting rewarded with more kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. If you're a good dad, you'll just get more kids. (laughs) Whereas Kira can't get rid of his fast enough. (laughs) He'll blow that kid up a thousand times if that's what it takes. (laughs) This has raised an estimation question, actually. The question of blowing up Hayato. I'm for it. I mean, I'm I'm for it. (laughs) Kira's kill count is 48 women plus Shigechi, right? Plus Mm -hmm. uh, the guy the boyfriend and the i figure i mean 48 hands who knows how many like tying up loose ends over the years well, right do we count, that's how i see it do we count every person subsequently killed like do we count the time he killed hayato <laughs> like, and then didn't and then <laughs> do we count the people killed by by so because if that's the case because currently if we don't count those Per Wikipedia, he'd be the 12th most prolific serial killer of all time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if we count them, he'll jump up to like top 10. And that's just the like, ones we 10. know about. He'll jump top 10. Like <laughs> We don't know how many other of his, his hands had boyfriends that had to c- get out of the way. A good right? question. Yeah. Like, A good question. He could easily be number one. Easily. Easily. <laughs> like... It, does his 48 count Raimi's parents? I don't think so. You know, the hard part about mm. being a mass murderer, it's not the murder part. It's the mass part. <laughs> the pace that you have to keep is this. I have a note in my notes about um, in the manga, the part where the neighbor blows up. He just says panties yippee. <laughs> as his eyes. I hope you mean, I hope you mean the neighbor, not Kira. No, the neighbor. <laughs> the, as his, uh, so in the anime, his like, he like vaporizes and his eyes like float away. In the manga, his eyes land on the panties. <laughs> As, as his soul thinks panties yippee. Now that's a guy you can tell is going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Do the panties go with him when Raimi sees him like screaming in the sky? Do you think that Raimi... Do they have a soul? That's well. Interesting question. In Jojo, possibly. The gusset is the soul of the panties. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh man. man. Raimi, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, great. A great, a great gal. I really appreciate Raimi as, like, the soul of Morio, right? Absolutely. Like, the, the, the unconscious element that lies beneath everyone in, in their day-to-day, uh, uh, you know, ants-go-marching mm-hmm. l- little lives. Like, the, the people of Morio took Kira down, yeah. but none of them knew what it meant. But but she did. She She's there. I like that yeah. she got the, the final blow as well. I think that feels quite right. You know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, feels yeah. quite earned. I also love I love how often people are just like call Kira out on being a piece of shit. Like there's a part <laughs> where Okiyasi's like, uh, oh, it's like like we give a crap what a murdering pig has to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like uh, in the manga, there's a part where when Raimi um, reveals to Kira that he is dead. Uh, and she's like, I, I don't forget what she says in the anime. It's not quite the same, but in the manga, she says, all you are is the grimy black soul of a dead murderer. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that that's that's good. Nice job. Josuke would not think of a good one-liner like that. Like, <laughs> Or Jotaro, for sure. Or Jotaro. Uh, plus L, plus ratio. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> when, when, when Raimi ratioed Kira at the end of part four... <laughs> I guess that's true. Those hands come out. <laughs> Every one of them is another QRT. Uh. <laughs> the, the fate of a murderer is to be ratioed. <laughs> R- ratioed straight to hell. <laughs> Although actually ratioed to fight the Langoliers. But like... <laughs> when when Rohan was fighting the, the little gremlin guy stuck to his back, instead of writing go to hell, oh, he should have just written on, it, on his head, get ratioed. <laughs> <laughs> He should have written a plus up plus ratio. Yeah. Uh, he just wrote, I'm just here for the ratio. Uh, like, uh, uh, by the way, can I say, I love that little guy. I love I love Cheap Trick. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap he's, Trick. He's great. One of my all-time favorite JoJo's quote-unquote fights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I love how the show emits a few extra scenes of Cheap Trick's previous owner just being a, a nervous wreck and like jumping around his home like with his back against the wall <laughs> like when he enters there's a scene where he enters a room there's a mirror and he like the comic panel just like massive speed lines over to the next panel where he's like against the door frame like um uh i, I feel like part four rohan it's very clear why iraqi would then make a spin-off series just about rohan because in every story, his stand has to be made essentially useless, right? Like, right? So <laughs> he no longer has to write a story about stands, and instead he gets to write a story about an asshole encountering a ghost. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, like part four is, I think, as horror-adjacent as JoJo's gets, where I'm like, that's what Rohan Kishibe is, like, full-on, these are just ghost stories. But, like... Yeah, I think Rohan is like one of the the peak examples of that. Like, like Rohan fights ha- are not fights with stands. They're just a guy trying to grapple with these increasingly esoteric rules that are being set, <laughs> and the world working mm-hmm. against him. <laughs> like, like the dogs <laughs> being around in in <laughs> in Cheap Trick. It's like, like ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just figured this out. Like, or the you know he's up against the guy's back, and she tricks like, well he can hear me though. <laughs> like, so it's like new solutions to increasingly esoteric problems. 
which could describe JoJo's, I guess, but I feel like very specifically describes Rohan stories. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, I, I love that. I think that's great. I, I think Cheap Trick is so fun because of the fact that there's just not a fight. It's just a dude trying to get this weird little guy off of his back. Uh <laughs> When the effects could be mitigated with some professional advice and uh, uh, proper uh, medication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I love every weird little guy stand in JoJo. And, uh, yeah, they're this, the best. This part, I think Cheap Trick really is maybe the first of the weird little guys. Um, yeah. But they will return. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's uh, several more. Then they're all just like this. They're all just this weird guy that just talks shit the whole time. I also think, like, part four for the horror stuff, it has the Rohan stories, it has Ghost Dad, which is very clearly a reference to how much Japan loves ghost photos. Like, uh, like <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more, I don't know any other country on Earth that is so obsessed with ghost photos, or spirit photos, I should say. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yukiko is essentially a horror villain. Like, she is... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. She's, I mean, she's a yurei. Like, she's a she's a ghost... I mean, the, the long black hair is a very traditional japanese ghost thing so i like i it, she feels extremely like a, a horror story in addition to being almost like a junji ito character like yeah. uh in how obsessive and, and cruel she is also worth noting she's the first yandere character in manga so oh wow yeah she's the first <laughs> one so invented that damn yep. <laughs> neat 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 it's, it's <laughs> neat. neat it's a neat little factoid yeah there's like once we eventually get to the uh, the Rohan OVAs, mm-hmm. like I've always wondered how much Junji Ito has like influenced Araki in some ways because there is at least one story that's animated that is straight up like just a Junji Ito story. I know what you're talking <laughs> about, and yeah, it is. It really feels like it. Like it, yeah. it, it's it's a it's a curious it's a, it's a curious case of Yuriko <laughs> Araki. Um, mm-hmm. He does seem to age differently from the rest of us. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting question. <laughs> I don't know what whatever like moisturizing regimen he's got. I bet he shares it with Sakurai. They they gotta compare notes. <laughs> uh, I like to think it's whatever Rohan uses. <laughs> it's spider blood, I think, is what <laughs> Rohan uses. If but, you lick uh, enough spiders, you'll eventually become immortal. <laughs> that final fight, though. I I appreciate the way that like everybody contributed something yeah. and how many of those contributions are non-combat like yeah like it's another stand fight where Heaven's Door doesn't show up it's just like Rohan's photo book project yeah. <laughs> getting everybody in the right place at the right time if anything Heaven's Door creates more problems than it creates solutions <laughs> <laughs> you might say that of Rohan in general <laughs> yeah thinking back like okiyasu never gets a really big fight right like he never gets he sort of fights chili red hot chili peppers so okay but mostly his fights are like part of a story right he he does Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. does like one thing but the thing he does in bites of dust is a huge deal right like he essentially saves the day in bites of dust yeah thanks to deciding to be alive again (laughs) 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 which is a big choice i guess but it's like he's that's a big contribution. Koichi also saves the day to to no small degree, right? Despite mm-hmm. doing really only yep. one thing. Like uh and and he's also a very special boy. Poor per per Jojo. <laughs> he's a very special boy. 
But ev- everybody essentially did one thing. Yep. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like Josuke's one thing was a big thing that took a long time to do, but everybody did one thing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one on Kira. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that at the end of this, when you know Jotaro is getting ready to do all the punches on on Kira here, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he thanks Koichi. Yep. It's just really funny to see that, like, Jotaro comes here, he's looking for, you know, the other JoJo at the start of this story, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and he comes mm-hmm. out of it going, like, other kid that's not a JoJo, I like you the most. <laughs> <laughs> the first person he met in town. Yeah. He true. found the guy he needed, the, the most reliable special man. <laughs> like, jo- Jotaro... Instantly. Jotaro, even at the end, doesn't seem to really care that much about his uncle. Like... <laughs> <laughs> he, he, like at the like at the end, he's like, "Do you want to retract that statement you made about these kids being good?" Like, uh, all because of Josuke. But he does have a special message for Koichi, and I think that's you know, going forward, it turns out to be important. Like, I guess <laughs> uh, Koichi's just such a good kid. <laughs> Maybe the perfect child. <laughs> see, see yeah, while, while we're talking about those farewells, I want to I wanna uh, retract or at least amend a statement I, I made last week. I don't think I was correct to call the, the whole, like, tour around, like, the characters' endings. Because part of what really works for me is that nothing really ends. Yeah. Like, defeating yeah. Kira is just another day. And Morio will eventually produce another Kira, another Angelo, and also the means to bring them to justice. Like, Morio is a self-regulating system. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I think that this is an interesting point about part four, where every other part of JoJo's, with the exception, I guess, of part eight? What are we on right now? Part eight. <laughs> uh, it's like, it is a globetrotting thing. I mean, even part six has some travel in it. Mm-hmm. Like, Part four is a unique thing where instead of traveling around the world, like we just spend all this time in one place, it's a very fully realized place. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I like that idea that like, it's just going to keep going, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just life. Life, this town. life doesn't have endings. So these aren't, it might be goodbye, but it's not the end for anyone, at least who's still alive. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think absolutely more than any other part, it has that, it, it has that feeling and intentionally. So by giving them like little epilogues, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, and it's also why I think the death of Kira, like the, the actual uh, uh, moment, not, you know, his soul being banished, but, right. but the, the, the ambulance bit denies catharsis to everyone around. Cause it's also not an ending. Like mm-hmm. he's just a part of Morio, no yeah. more essential to the story of, of Morio than any of his victims were. I, I think that's, it's a, a salient point. Well-made. Uh, uh, it, I like, I think that, it wouldn't work if, like, while it would feel really great for Josuke to somehow turn Kira into, like, a plant, uh, <laughs> could happen, <laughs> but it's, like, it, it's, it's, it feels, would feel weird in this story because of how mundane the story is. It, I mean, obviously, it's a weird story. It's a crazy, noisy, bizarre town, one might say, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately, the events in it don't matter to many people like it, it has a very yeah. small radius of people that it affects and it makes it feels more right for this story that it would have like an anticlimax where kira just dies like, in a stupid <laughs> way <laughs> like in a very yeah. dumb way kira just <laughs> dies like 
like Rohan's not wrong. He couldn't be prosecuted. Like, I mean, he, you know, he, he, he really he literally couldn't be. He's wearing someone else's face. Like, like, And this is why the Speedwagon Foundation is getting ready to make their own court system specifically for stand crimes. I, that's a great idea. They have they global authority. <laughs> Unilateral authority to prosecute stand crimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, you know, and again, it's, it goes back to like Kira would be a, a perfect killer if he wasn't so stupid like if he wasn't <laughs> yeah like if he didn't stand on the street and be like you could never beat yoshikaga kira my name <laughs> i'm just so smart like this incredible like unbeatable power being defeated because he just can't stop gloating is real good yeah <laughs> it, it, it feels again to like what this part is about which is like the weird events in a small town like Dio was very full of himself. Let's not bait around the bush on that one. He, he <laughs> it's it's subtle. You might not notice it. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, he likes he likes himself. But his gloating <laughs> never like was a hindrance to him. Like he like a Dio is a big villain with a big plot, and he wants to take over the world. For what reason? Because he is Dio. <laughs> like he doesn't need a reason beyond that. To, to and spite that's his fine. dad. <laughs> <laughs> I I deserve a treat today. I shall have the world. <laughs> I, I woke up today and I am Dio, and <laughs> so I will <laughs> conquer the world. It you know it's not a problem that he's so grandiose. It, it's it doesn't stop him from being an effective villain. However, Kira feels way more like a real guy mm-hmm. in the sense that if you spend like how many times does kira say like the biggest threat to to like or the biggest weakness is believing too much in yourself right like or being too mm-hmm. confident in your abilities that's all he is <laughs> yeah yeah he is that every day he wakes up and is that like i'm just saying that um kira is like an onion <laughs> he's a horrible, he's very smelly uh... he's a horrible violent onion um <laughs> I have in my notes right here, Dio is not Shrek, but Kira may be. Shrek didn't come out in 1999. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would be until part five that a character could relate to Shrek. Kira would not be able to... Well, yes, if Kira had lived, he could watch Shrek <laughs> and be like, man, that's me. <laughs> if Kira had been smarter, he could have watched Shrek. He could have watched Paul. <laughs> By the time Rohan fixes his house, there's going to be a lot of Shrek memorabilia in there to replace all the pretty woman furniture he lost. <laughs> yeah, he's going to point at his furniture and say, that was used in the film Shrek. And everyone will be like, how? In what way? <laughs> yeah, Koichi's going to be like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to meet you go at St. Gentleman. See you later. Did the animators sit on that chair? What do you mean it was in Shrek? Mike Myers <laughs> sat in his chair while recording the lines for Shrek. <laughs> this, if you, you think it's you to come over and sniff out Michael Myers on his, on his chairs. Do you, do you smell him? Does it smell like Shrek? And now I'm able to draw a, a real portrait of Michael Myers. I have his <laughs> essence. I got you to describe the smell of Mike Myers to me. <laughs> I then... cannot draw the love guru. It's a different essence of Mike. <laughs> I need a different chair for that. <laughs> you know, with Rohan's super drawing abilities, he could really crank out licensed work really fast to get oh, a lot man. of money. <laughs> 
Imagine how many Shrek coloring books he could illustrate. Perfectly on model. Yeah. I was going to say that he wouldn't do that, but then again, I also think that if he really liked Shrek, yes, he would do that. <laughs> he, he would do it at least for a little bit just so he could have the life experience for his manga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fair point. No idea. It's like, no idea how it fits in, but... He would buy a swamp and live in it. <laughs> <laughs> with a donkey <laughs> and everyone would say yes this is where you belong you you nasty swamp man <laughs> <laughs> no he's a guy who draws manga for wholesome boys and wholesome girls <laughs> he's not a swamp man <laughs> uh haito okay <laughs> think about Hayato. All right. Okay. An interesting thing about Hayato is I see him as a non-sexual Oedipal story. Okay. Mm. Like okay. You, you take that element out and it is Hayato exactly like he must destroy his father to protect his mother, but to do so, in many ways, he becomes his father. Mm. Interesting. And this is the means by which he comes of age. There's definitely an uncomfortable, uh, it's not a great household. There's problems. No, no. There's problems. The, the child is say. filming his mom and dad have sex, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe he's not an entirely non-sexual Oedipus. <laughs> maybe it's just an Oedipal story. <laughs> maybe uh, off the bat, well, okay, we don't we don't know. Maybe he turns the camera off. Well, actually, you know what? They don't have sex. So that's it's not true. even it. Like, that's like, <laughs> yeah, a loveless he's, marriage. He's never seen them have sex. So at least we know that. <laughs> Yeah, the instant he was conceived, just stopped. Dead, dead in it. its tracks. I would say he has an uncomfortable attachment to his mother. That we can agree on. <laughs> you shouldn't watch your mom undress. You shouldn't do that. Mm-mm. What do you think life is like for them now? Now that Bad. it's just the two of them. <laughs> Bad. Oh, man. Well, actually, uh, maybe it's better. I think Shinobi would take her husband's death quite poorly now yeah I think back then <laughs> she would before the series started or before kira ruined her entire life probably if her husband died that would be a, a victory <laughs> for for her yeah yeah she just high five hayato and say like yeah there, there's some hungry man in the freezer and yeah. then drive to s city and never look back <laughs> right which i believe canonically is sendai because morio is uh Iraqi's hometown so um or based mm, on okay I, I i looked this up because I was wondering when S-City was abbreviated. So Araki um, is canonically a weird little freak. Oh, yes. Oh, very the much The only so, sort yes. of person that lives in Mario. <laughs> uh, yes, it's yeah, very much so. Yes, he is a weird little freak. I think that, it, yes, if Kira had not come into her life, but had somehow blown up her husband, would have been a big bonus. But maybe Hayato gets better. I think he might improve post-death of dad. I've got hope. I've got hope for what their life has in store. Like... Their their relationship when everyone was themselves was like she resented her kids so much for tying her yeah. to this loveless marriage. Yeah. But now but now Hayato is the last vestige of the husband she learned to love again. I mean, yeah. I think that I think that being trapped in bites of dust and having to deal with his dad being a serial killer which is a great Bailey School Kids novel. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a serial killer? Um, did cause Hayato to grow to some degree, you know? Uh, he, he's taller. Yeah. He did. He's it's literally. like the very last line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Quite true. Uh, he, you know, I think he he did kind of get out of, literally get out of his room a little bit, uh, you know? And, and like, I think that his fight with Josuke definitely indicates that he has some 
has more initiative and more drive, you know. Also, when he kissed his mom, she was very happy. So, yes. yeah, I yes. think that, that she clearly does like him as a child. Like, you know, like she doesn't hate having a child. She just hates and, having and like, a really bad kid. <laughs> this optimistic outlook on their future, though, is still based on maintaining, like, uh, uh, it's resting on lies and deceit and cruelty, mm-hmm. which I think really strengthens the way part four treats the the quote-unquote typical normal family, you know, proper suburban society. Uh, skeptical, to, st- to say the least, of, of those values. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, as it says, I mean, Kira is uh, is a severe but symptomless illness, and I mean, like, I think that he, I think that he permeates a lot of stuff in the world of Morio, and that includes mm-hmm. like the nuclear family to some degree, right? Like, this guy just like slotted into being a dad very fast. <laughs> like, it right, didn't take right, a ton right, of right, effort right, yeah. to like just become part of this family. So there might be something bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy trying to hide being a serial killer was a better dad and husband than the actual yes, guy. Yes, definitely and better husband. Beha- <laughs> and all those behaviors were just from trying to not get caught. Yeah, yeah. even though the dead bad husband was shredded as shit, like he's fucking ripped. I mean, the fact that Shinobu doesn't comment on the fact that Kira is taking a shower and is, like, jacked to the nines would indicate that's true. (laughs) Oh, hey, my husband didn't notice that you got suddenly swole as fuck yesterday. (laughs) I hate my boring-ass husband, Channing Tatum. I hate my gorgeous, boring husband. (laughs) I wish he weren't so sexy. (laughs) He does nothing with it. It's just there like a stack of meat. You gotta you gotta swing the meat around a bit. He doesn't even wear cool ties with skulls on them. Yeah. Kai Harada puts on Genuine's pony and he does nothing. He just sits on the couch. Kai Kai Harada's been single handedly trying to get this couple back together for years. <laughs> and nothing works until a serial killer becomes their dad. Oh man. I love Kai Harada, by the way. I just have to know. Like, it's a great yeah. addition the show makes. I think the, like, recurrent radio thing really adds to Morio as a place. Like, having a local DJ yeah. feels so excellent of a choice. Like, ah, mm-hmm, just kiss. Mm-hmm. Like, Morio already has so much stuff about it that gives you character, right? Like, it has the ghost spots. It's got Rohan's house. Don't go there. It's got <laughs> Tonio's restaurant. Do go there. <laughs> but only if you've got a diarrhea tummy. Um, uh, it's got Angela's. It's got Saints Gentleman's. It's got Kamiyu. It's, it, like, there's a ton of stuff about it. Like, you know, you learn its history, its seal, its flower, the the Adonis, uh, it, its signature food, miso beef tongue. Um, yeah, Adonis beef. Yes, Kasaku's hot. We know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get off of this. Um, but then, like the radio station, just like I think, gives it a little bit like that extra touch of character. You know, you always have Kai Harada yeah. to come back to. And I, I also like how you you hear Kai Harada throughout the show a whole bunch. Uh, before you even get introduced to Kira. And then once you get introduced to him, like hearing Kai Harada on that radio show kind of like <laughs> becomes associated with Kira being in a good mood. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, y- you are technically introduced to them at the same time. That's true. The, like yeah. cold yes. open with that first hand in the first episode. Yeah. Like it's not one to one, but I mean, nearly every Kai Harada segment is tied to a Kira segment. Uh, not one to one. Like some of them are not. But yeah. the but by far the majority are like 
Akira cutaways or reference a thing that will be in Akira story later. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reference like the like there's a like he reads a letter from someone who's like written about his girlfriend not like getting a ring for his girlfriend and his girlfriend not liking it, which I'm pretty sure is the woman Kira then meets in Saint Gentleman yeah. and kills later. So so definitely those two are, are tied together, which is a neat touch, if you ask me. I also love the 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 music they use for the radio like it has such a yeah a lot like it alternates in in like what it feels like like the first song of the show mm-hmm. feels like a 70s song from like Hausu. uh and then like later there's like a that sultry like kind of romantic song they play while kira is cutting his fingernails like uh, <laughs> um it, it's it's just a neat there's just like it's a neat touch the the part four adaptation does a, a few very cool things and it's not not great things, <laughs> but like, but the radio is one of the good ones. Speak more on like, uh, uh, what are some of the not great things? Where where do you think that the adaptation uh sort of let, lets down the source material? So I think that I, I think that some of the stuff that's cut is kind of a bummer. I mean, this goes without saying they're going to cut some stuff, you know. Uh, but I think that they take a, like the stuff they take from I Am an Alien and Highway Star, I think makes them weaker stories, which is a shame because mm. I Am an Alien is such a great story and like so goofy but they cut out a lot of like they cut out a lot of time that josuke spends like there's whole scenes of josuke trying to teach mikitaka how to be a dice like 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 the vomiting thing is introduced way earlier that like he gets dizzy when the dice are rolled they they leave out like rohan explaining the oh my god there's an amazing bit where rohan just starts talking about um the game of silo and uh at the end of it he's just like i didn't tell you that because i thought you'd be interested i just want to talk about silo (laughs) 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 i'm not doing this for you i'm I'm doing this for me um and that's why people really treat Rohan as a self-insert. That, that <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like there's a bit in the in the Rohan manga where, which is not adapted, uh, where he's like, uh, I could use this time to talk about climate change and the damage it's doing to the world, but instead I'm going to tell you about a story about me. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> this is a story about the happening to me. Um, so, like, I, that's that kind of, I think the omissions are, are less great. I think that the, the dip in quality animation starting in, really this part like this last third yeah uh hurts it you know it's it's still a great story and you can and there's still like fun stuff happening but they did so much in the early episodes like with mm-hmm. really interesting stylization and like camera mm-hmm, work mm-hmm. like i like the lock episode is so wild like i don't know why they did the stuff they did in the lock uh but you get to this part and it turns into kind of by the numbers for a little while like as as by the numbers as jojo can get yeah Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the it's it's like the middle episodes of the last third suffer the most i think like around the time of like superfly yeah like the thursday episodes feel like they're really they were working against time and budget they definitely save some flair for the parts that really need it like the parts where people are afflicted by enigma yes those look great those are awesome those are excellent like love those but but yeah, like I think a lot of Superfly feels kind of less interesting than it could be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also they remove the part in Superfly where uh, the, the user of Superfly, whose name no one remembers, uh, <laughs> is defeated. But because he's passed out and is bleeding a lot, the blood is falling down on on Josuke, and he's gonna slip. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, they're like, "You tried to bleed on me." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. I was unconscious. I'm really sorry about that." Like, that's like, like, <laughs> 
that, I was already beaten at that point. Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't weaponizing my injuries. Which is absolutely something a guy would do in JoJo. So Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Several episodes later, use your blood as a flying blade. He tries to like repay them for teaching him that he should just stay living in the electrical tower. And he's like, I can make you guys some fish or I can give you guys some, <laughs> some veggies. And Okiasi's like, just get him take those vegetables. He uses his shit to make the vegetables. <laughs> You can't take those. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, he ain't got a sink up there. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't want. You don't want any of this. You don't want any of this. Josuke, don't take it. Like, um, uh, so, like, I think that like those cuts hurt to some degree. Also, uh, the Netflix subs. This is not a fault of the show. <laughs> But the Netflix subs... Netflix subs are so bad. Uh, there's some stuff that's just, like, flatly wrong. Like, they, ju- they just don't translate right. Like, uh, it's weird. It's yeah. very weird. They, they seem to have a reputation for that. I, I remember a lot of stuff going on about, like, when, when Squid Game blew up. Yeah. <laughs> there was a good one and a bad one. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was the, the closed caption one. I think was was just using the the subs from the American version or the the English version. So like they they didn't match at all what they were talking about. And and some things were like entirely reversed. Like what? Like, I, I I think there's an example where one character like uh, in actuality in the Korean is saying something like you know I'm not an idiot. I know blah blah blah. And it turned into like I may be dumb, but I know blah blah blah. Like wait, yeah. that's a totally different thing. That's yeah. That's the it's- opposite thing. It's very strange. It's it's very it's interesting that's like part four, I feel like, has had such a hard time of it because the first time it came out, or the first time anyone could read it, it was the Duang translation, which is wonderful in its own special way, but does make it very hard to read. <laughs> it's not super conducive to understanding the plot of part four. And then you get the anime adaptation, and it's like the English dub is, I think, perfectly fine. I think that there are some some great casting choices and some great line choices. I think like punching up oh, yeah. Yukiko's vulgarity is a great choice. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I love that. But then it's like you get weird choices. Like I remember you guys were talking about something in the last couple episodes that was said that's like not, just not nearly as good as what the subs are saying. Uh, if it was in the last episode, the one that really bothered me was uh, uh, a phrasing that characterized Kira as an external threat yes, rather that's it, than that's it, a homegrown thing. Yes, yes, yes. No, fuck that. Like, that's, that's horrible. That's, that's really bad. Like, but it's, I mean, it's, it's really bad. It's like, I, I wouldn't say, well, watch the dub, but then you get something like that and it's like, well, that sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it, it ha- like the subs for Netflix are very literal. They feel very literal. Mm-hmm. Like someone who's not doing the thing that you that you have to do when you translate which is account for like dialect specific things or like language specific things that don't translate one to one it feels like it's not doing that also occasionally it's just not translating it correctly <laughs> like highway star has something like that where uh they talk about someone as if they either already know who they are or they're like they're deceased but they're not it's very weird but it, it's like it does make it it's like there's no best way to watch Part, watch part four <laughs> there's mm-hmm, yeah. no best way to engage with this part of jojo like even i mean you could read the manga of course if you read it uh like officially which obviously you should pay money for that but uh and give them appropriate compensation for their work but it's like you will be dealing with the um the worst the worst companies and the boy man man which mm-hmm. I, I hate boy man man <laughs> i hate boy man man <laughs> boy man man it's just so weird, like what they what they could keep and what they like Enigma. They didn't keep Enigma's just a word. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they, 
they could keep bites the dust, but they couldn't keep Enigma. <laughs> like Mysterioso is a pretty cool word. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's not a bad word. It's like it's a pretty good word, but it's just like why? Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. Pretend like you weren't <laughs> using it. Like you like. Oh, are you are you guys licensing? Are you like like not paying license for my album name? No, no, man. It's just the word enigma. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's a mystery, you know. It's a mystery, it's weird. you know. Like it's very mysterioso. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. It's just it's mm, there's no best way, <laughs> which is hard because for me because it's my favorite part. So it's like I like I'll be reading it and being like in my mind course correcting myself. Like okay, can't not try mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not this one. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. like there's also a thing with the Netflix subs where, like, every time a, a number came up, like a big number, yes! they always added or removed a zero from it. Yeah. What is up with that? Why? What's up with that? Like, that is very weird. I don't know. And like, okay, if, if you're just, like, sliding the decimal point to make a quick and dirty translation to dollars, like, you know, whatever, fudge it sure but they didn't it's still that number but yen but it's like two degrees of magnitude different it's so Mm -hmm. weird it's so weird i don't know i don't know uh one thing about the tv show that i do like and i do want to mention is how good great days is as an opening (laughs) uh like there's a ton of stuff in all the openings like they there's a lot of foreshadowing in all the openings but great days has like the most like metaphorical imagery in it like like uh mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think it's super cool I, I mean the fact they reversed it with bites of dust is great but i love that when they reverse it like it all it, everything reverses and obviously like josuke receives in the darkness but the like clock that's ticking towards justice o'clock is still <laughs> visible and still going so like even though Kira is rewinding time, he can't escape the oncoming justice, right? Um, <laughs> Great. Also, the final click in the opening is really, because he's it's him using Bites the Dust, like the final shot, but actually it's him thinking he's using Bites the Dust, but not succeeding because the entire cast turns around and looks at him when he does it. Like, <laughs> so it's actually him dying, <laughs> but think that having his like... Uh, Owl Creek Bridge thing where he imagines yeah. himself winning. But that's a change for the very end, right? Like most yeah. of the run of that OP, they don't notice him, but it's like Correct. Po- yes. Post bites the dust, like what the fuck you doing? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Also, I love uh the unit version of of Bite of Great Days that plays uh the end credits of the last episode. Uh yes. Yes. the dude Thank that you. does I... the, like I feel bad we didn't mention it last week, but yes, uh, over the the, the denouement tour, uh, th- there is a new recording of the third OP, but not with those vocalists, or or rather with those vocalists plus all of their friends. Bring it in, guys! Yeah, I love uh, it. I love like how we are the world. <laughs> yeah, I love how frequently previous singers from older OPs will come back for like the big version for the ending or whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, so this is the people that sang the first three, you know, back in the, the CGI OP days and the singers of the two previous part two. So just, just a big old super group of Jojo singers. Mm-hmm. It, it like, I love I, the, the man, the guy that sings the first opening. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Just choose on shining justice. Just choose on it. <laughs> In such a way that I'm like, yeah, man, ab- yes, justice, absolutely. Like, <laughs> let's fucking go. Like, I, I am pro justice. There's, some, I am employed by justice. So I there's some justice. video out there you can find of 
it's some concert where they're performing a bunch of songs from yeah. from the JoJo show. And yeah, yes. that guy who sings the very oh first God. OP of part one, when he is on stage, he fucking goes for it. He comes uh, out in like he comes out in a, like a leather trench coat with silver flame all over it. Yes, like, he, he, is, he rules. He's wild. He and like a cowboy hat. He's amazing. <laughs> Here's a question, and I think I know the answer. Would the hero teams of of parts one, two, and three have ever hung out if they didn't go on, like, vampire-killing quests together? (laughs) Oh, good question. Um, Well, okay, if we assume that they did meet outside of the vampire-killing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think there's a chance that Speedwagon could have been friends with Jonathan. Mm -hmm, If mm -hmm. if they'd gotten past the initial part where he was a criminal. Like, 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 I think that part one allows Jonathan to become from the Speedwagon, but I do think that Speedwagon's love for the Joe stars is so strong <laughs> that the universe would have willed it. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> he's preordained to be a servant of the Joe stars. It, it's like Bites the Dust. Fate would have still played out in that way. <laughs> he would have still yeah. ended up somehow at the, jo- the Joe stars residence and been like, man, these people are so great. I love this. <laughs> yeah, but the Zapellis don't have that. I don't think any of the Zapellis and JoJo's would would have like hung out socially. No. Well, I think if Joseph and Caesar had met, they would not have gotten along. No. They would not be friends. That that's definite. Um, and part three feels weird because like Jodro would have stuffed Kakuin in so many fucking lockers. Yeah, yeah. Like Jodro also doesn't strike me as a person who goes out of his way to make friends. So, <laughs> so I don't think he would have been like walking around and just ran into Polnareff and been like, "Now this guy, I can chill with." Like Avdol would have four friends that are not friends with each other. <laughs> I, I think Joseph and Avdol would have been friends still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that would have still happened, because I think Joseph would still end up being a globetrotting uh, adventurer. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think that would have still happened. So I think he would still be friends with Avdol. I, I, everyone else, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But in contrast, the Morio boys absolutely oh. would. Oh, mm-hmm. definitely, yes. Like, like again, their, their meetings would be different, uh, in Okiasu uh, in particular, but, like, th- them just, like, shooting dice and talking shit outside the Osun? Absolutely. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's, like, multiple parts where, or certainly in Bites of Dust, where Josuke's literally talks about Okiasu, like, no, you don't understand. This guy gets me. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy, he gets me. We, I'm not letting this guy go. <laughs> like, like, he's too good a friend. That is one of the highlights of the dub, I think, for me, is the the way they punched up lines between Josuke and Okuyasu, where they really feel like teenage boys who are friends because they're constantly yeah. just kind of shitting and dunking on each other <laughs> in an understood, <laughs> like, friendly way. There's a part in the manga where Josuke says, describes them as the Josuyasu duo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, they have, a, they have a, a, a friend name for themselves. <laughs> like, Yes. They they are the Benefer of Morio. Absolutely. They are the Benefer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when they walk around, you're like, oh, there goes Josie Yasu. <laughs> what are they getting into today? Like, part four is one of the f- maybe only parts of jo- jo- of JoJo where people directly reference being actually friends with each other. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Rohan references it with regards to Koichi. Koichi does not say that about Rohan. But, <laughs> but like, multiple times Rohan's like hey we're friends or you're my best friend Koichi like Koichi should just turn around and say and isn't that sad don't you think that says something about you <laughs> don't you, you think that's sad <laughs> mm. Mm. I'm uh, a child 
like it, it's it, it speaks to how well part four feels like a, a lived in or like how Moria feels like a lived in place that these characters feel extremely like they would have relationships with one another outside of the show. And if all you Okuyasu fans just want a, another character in your life who, who sort of latches onto others because he doesn't trust his own judgment, might I suggest The Expanse? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, I was going to say you could watch Hunter Hunter. <laughs> literally works. Okuyasu's voice actor is in Hunter Hunter playing Okuyasu again. <laughs> yep. Does he? And he has a pompadour in that too, right? He does have a pompadour in that too. Yeah, his, yeah. Name is Knuckle, his name is Knuckle. <laughs> Knuckle. I'm just saying that Amos Burton, as portrayed by Wes Chatham, good good stuff. Check it out. Uh, It's so funny to me how much of Hunter Hunter's best, like, renowned best arc is just doing characters from part four. Because Palm (laughs) Palm Siberia, my favorite character in Hunter Hunter, is just Yukiko Yamagishi. Mm -hmm. Like, that is her... Like, Yukiko walked that Palm Siberia could fly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, and go on a date with a Um, (laughs) 10-year-old. But, uh, like, Knuckle is is just Okuyasu, 100%. Uh, The the only uh, addition is that he loves animals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okiyasu is good with pets he is so that is that does tra- that does track <laughs> by the end of part four i love this weird like family okiyasu is putting together with his yeah. mutant goblin yes. dad and a, a mutant cat plant <laughs> with superpowers i just love that he's taking his dad out to see the town and yeah. to be a citizen. Like, you know keicho wouldn't allow that shit true but now like oh i'm making my own decisions Hey, Dad, meet the world. World, meet my dad. This is how we are. I'm going to take you to literally the best restaurant in the entire world. <laughs> this raises an interesting point, but because it's like, I think an interesting contrast between our protagonists and our villain is that all of our protagonists are like, this is what I'm about. <laughs> like, this is me. Yeah. Like I'm out here. This is me. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm the weirdo who is trying to touch a turtle today. <laughs> like, t- today I will touch a turtle <laughs> or here's my weird dad. I'm going to make him eat some, some spaghetti and shed all of his skin. Like, uh, or, you know, chat about how I have diarrhea. Uh, and like, <laughs> Rohan is extremely himself at all times. Uh, whereas Kira he's is the like, best guy. Would you ask him to be lesser? <laughs> I would not. I would not. <laughs> whereas like Kira is so focused on not being himself, right? Like that he's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. his whole deal is to not show who he is at all times. And it seems to be when he is happiest, he is showing who he is, right? Now who he is is a horrible murderer. So probably not good. But <laughs> <laughs> But maybe there's a lesson in there like about, you know, just being who you are. If he just lived his life as a person who was really attracted to hands and didn't feel a need to chop them off, like, yeah. then, you know, and hide it, then it wouldn't be a problem. You know, he could just be a weirdo. Kira, 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 listen to me. Listen, if you leave the lady intact, there's two hands. <laughs> you get two wheels. The Mona Lisa had two hands. I want to know In that. most cases, a large majority, <laughs> there's two of them. It's true. It's true. That is a fact. <laughs> Does he view uh, each hand as a separate wife? Oh, good question. Good question. If he takes two hands, right, and has the other hand, like, in the fridge, and then he pulls the hand out, is it, like, cheating on the other hand? 
If Kira was with a living two-handed woman, would he consider that polyamory? <laughs> Great question. I was just going to say, also speaking to people living their best lives, Yuya, healthy polyamorous relationship. Good for him. <laughs> yep. like, like, just very happy. There's no negatives whatsoever. Like, nope. And his girlfriends all love him. He's a lovable <laughs> guy. <laughs> and they get along. They go to Pachinko together. They hang yeah. out. Yeah, his girlfriends just all hang out together. A, presumably their only real thing in common is how much they love Yuya, but it's working for them. Like, like, It seems to be a majority of their life. They have a lot in common with that one thing in common. I mean, yes. They all seem to be equally enthused to stab people. That's another thing they share. Mm-mm. They are very violent. Yes. <laughs> uh, which reminds me, another another part where part four broaches on horror or specifically like Japanese urban legend stuff is the like the room in the tunnel well there is not a, a like a room in the tunnel urban legend the idea of haunted tunnels is extremely common in japan like it's a very popular urban legend site you know to have a, a tunnel that is haunted so it's, it's interesting that that like that he that araki found yet another way to, to, to try to do <laughs> ghost stuff like although i agree with your previous sentiments that i wish it had been either just a room in the tunnel or what Highway Star actually was. Like, <laughs> I do think trying to do both is not doing a service to either. I mean, all, all the all the ghost stuff, all the spirit stuff reminds me that like the show never clearly depicts the afterlife. There, there, there is one. There definitely there is, is one. one. There is one. No one is clear on what exactly it is. Now there, there is there is another spinoff manga to part four. Rohan is sure there's a hell, but no one else has any certainty really of anything. <laughs> there is there is a, a, a spinoff called Dead Man's Questions, which is specifically about Kira, who is dead as a ghost. <laughs> like, yes, doing I remember ghost this. things, just doing ghost things, um, solving ghost crime and fighting the Langoliers. Um, yes, <laughs> like there's no doubt in my mind this this is Iraqi doing the Langoliers. <laughs> but, so like you know the only way to finally defeat the Langoliers, you got to beat up Stephen King. <laughs> you got to beat up Stephen. That, are you suggesting that the Langoliers are Stephen King's stand? <laughs> Whoa, shit! <laughs> Can you deny it? Can you disprove it? I would love that actually. <laughs> there's a lot of stand names. Love... If you run out of all of music somehow, there's a lot of Stephen yeah. King shit you could pull stand names from. Obviously, his stand is named for a Bob Dylan song. It's just a question of which. Uh, fair point. But I would love to see Stephen King get on stage and be like, and this is my stand, the Langoliers. <laughs> and the sound plays. <laughs> and then in English, it gets changed to the Lumineers somehow. And nobody <laughs> understands why. <laughs> That's really good. Um, <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> What's the bad Stephen uh, Dreamcatcher? His Stan could be Dreamcatcher. That'd be pretty good. Mm, mm. Um, I've spent I spent a lot of time thinking about Stan names. Like, like I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if anybody else does this, but I sure do. <laughs> if if it's Dreamcatcher, then you could also get the the Stan name Shit Weasel. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The English version could be Shit Weasels. <laughs> Uh, wow, we're really ticking all the the Mario talking points because I'm talking about <laughs> talking about Hunter Hunter. I'm talking about Stephen King. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> these are these are known quantities. Like, um, um, all right, well, okay, six degrees of golden Kamui. Uh, yeah. what... <laughs> the 
Yes. Yeah. Now we have some. I mean, listen, listen. I talked about Kira being a great villain, and I didn't mention any villains from Golden Kamui. So, <laughs> so I would like to pat myself on the back for, for that work, that, that great work that I did. And I haven't talked a great deal about dead people, although I did talk about a hand being in a fridge. So. <laughs> <laughs> In, in our last episode, like, the, the way they they parallel Kira and Josuke so much and, like, the many ways they are exact opposites, I, I went back at an episode list just to remind myself, and I don't think Josuke ever a single time fights alone. That's... Mm. There, there are other stand users that, that do solo fights. Koichi does a couple. Yeah. But yes. Josuke is never alone. At most, he's assisted by someone who does not have their own stand. No, you're, yeah. I mean, even the Angelo fight... Jodoro is there, ultimately. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's there for most... Like, the first time they fight, I guess he's alone, but Jodoro is there most of that episode. That's very true. The only friend that Kira has is a plant. <laughs> his dad, I guess. He's a plant that he keeps so angry, it kills on sight. It's a, it's a plant he keeps asleep <laughs> like, most of the time. Like, so, not a great relationship, I wouldn't say. If we, if we acknowledge that, the relationships that Kira has are entirely about using people. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. He, he uses the cat. He uses his dad. He's using Shinobu uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As, a, as a cover. He's trying to dominate Hayato. Doesn't quite get there, but boy, does he try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I mean, on paper, he is using Hayato. Like, you know, that's like on paper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quite literally, if he's being read by Rohan. But... Uh, <laughs> I, that just reminded me, I have a note in here, this is not related to that whatsoever, but I think it's very funny that the Dewang translation was called Diamond Does Not Crash. When you consider that for the entirety of Highway Star, <laughs> nothing, that Josuke does nothing but crash into things. <laughs> like, I think is one of the best fights in a, in a JoJo arc. Diamond is not permanent crash. <laughs> Diamond, in point of fact, Diamond is quite crash. Diamond... <laughs> Like, I think that's one of the best fights just because of just Jos- Josuke's solution is, well, if I can repair anything, I'll just keep crashing my bike into shit. <laughs> <laughs> but also, again, not alone because Koichi's on the phone. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a fair point. It tracks. G- gives him that uh, assist with the uh, elevator. Although I got to go. I got to go back to that scene because that that like review reminded me of why I really, really hate uh, the way Koichi uses three freeze uh, mm. uh, to, to get that information, because it's specifically the exact same con that, that Lot Guy was running on his family. True. Yeah. Give me what I want, or you'll be crushed to death. And, like, that should be some... In, in the moment, that was something he grew beyond and, and like, overcame by being more mature than this, quote-unquote, recent graduate. Now, yeah. although at the end of the episode, he does... Try or pretend to extort to mommy for money. So yeah, and then he grows up even more since then. Like that, that that's there's a dark side to our to the precious boy Koichi. Like I, there's and that dark side is let's kill the hoe beach. <laughs> <laughs> that that should be something that that he's above, not someone he takes as a a, a fucking role model. Like fair, no, fair, fair. That that's why I don't like that scene. I do think it's one of those things where it's like, at that point in the story, Koichi has run his course and doesn't do very much. So it's yeah. like, I I think, yeah, I agree that Echoes X 1 and 2 were way more interesting, like, conceptually and, like, things you could do with them. 
and now it's just like, okay, well, Koichi is here to one time per story make someone's hand really heavy. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is his allotted role in this story. Now he does it well, <laughs> so so we can't deny that he's good at it. I haven't really come up with any ideas for it yet, but I've I've kind of wondered for a bit now, like what would be a better alternative, like grown up stage three stand for Koichi? Hmm. Because his the first two versions of his stand are so interesting and cool, but like yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again it would have to be like an onomatopoeia thing. Like you'd have to yeah, yeah. You go yeah. from making the noise to making the thing that makes the noise to right. what's what's the next step of abstraction? That the, the um, next like dimension. Yeah, what's the next dimension of that? Um, hmm. Ah, make shit heavy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. how it. Well, how I, I got do, to. I do love, I do love that they're like, why do you have that ability? And Iraqi's just like, it rhymes with three. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. that's it like yeah it works with rhyming words if you can oh, rhyme maybe. it with if you can rhyme it with three you can do it oh what mm. if it was oh yeah, shit what if it was just rhyming sounds like if and and if even could... slant rhymes like yeah the three and freeze are close enough yeah, like yeah. that's your guide re- what if he could replace sounds like <laughs> he can undo any lock with three free he can ah. <laughs> sun's too bright three tree <laughs> he can just make things that rhyme with three. Interesting. Oh, that'd be Interesting. fun. That would I like be fun, that idea. actually, if we did that. I wish, yeah, at the end of the story, instead of uh, making Kira's hand really heavy, he just dropped a tree on top of him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh my god, and then Josuke could fuse him with the tree, and the new Morgan man- landmark would be the Kira tree. <laughs> it's a really shitty tree. <laughs> with, with a single branch outstretched, that is his arm, with one branch trying so desperately to click the switch, but it can't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So you know what I thought was interesting? It's that twice in this story, we have a character have their hand broken because Akira also gets his hand broken or his thumb broken mm-hmm. and he fixes it to play a song and express himself, right? Like, <laughs> right. Kira cannot fix his broken thumb. <laughs> I don't know that that means anything, but I do think it's interesting. <laughs> like, you think he's not really capable of expressing himself? I think like, he's not so. honest with himself. That's I what it is. That, I think that, you, that like Akira evidently has a greater strength of will than Kira does. He's uh, certainly far more honest with himself. Like, he's another guy that's just, here's, here's who I am. Take it or leave thing, it, baby. The only thing Kira's really got is how good he is at geometry, which the show omits, <laughs> but the manga does include him doing some geometry calculations, using his hands to determine how far away the bubble needs to be to explode. <laughs> Great. And I was like, this guy really is a psychopath. <laughs> no one does this. <laughs> Diamond is Unbreakable starts out so like episodic, right? So, yeah. so th- that slice of life flavor in, in the beginning, but it ends with nine straight episodes that cover two days <laughs> yep. and all have cliffhangers. Like the last clean ending is the cat. I think yeah. there's a nice, there's a nice progression to, to part four that the, the OPs work with. Right, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, like the first part is very fun and and vibrant and, and goofy, uh, and then we move into the part where Kira becomes involved and like it becomes about like the like this awareness of Kira and and like Chase for being kind of a basic um, Rocky song does have that like dark overtone to it, and then like Great Days is like a more triumphant thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm even when Kira is involved in it, but it's like an overcoming Kira. Like Chase is like finding this guy and great days is, is, is about justice, right? Um, <laughs> is about administering justice. So like, I do think that part four is, is well structured in that way. Right? Like it feels like we go from these fun, epithetic stories about whatever to 
a more focused thing while still getting to do our fun look at this weirdo we just met thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If if I were reading the manga, and someday I may, I don't know, when I'm done talking about the TV show, maybe I'll have time to read the book. Sure. But, <laughs> but like, I can imagine myself reading like the the four Thursday uh, uh, arcs, yeah. and just like it's Thursday again. There's another one of these fucking guys again. Just bring me fucking Kira. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where it's like I understand why the Thursday stories were done the way they were because if you're running out of episodes. Right. Like you mm-hmm, couldn't mm-hmm. do a two parter for each of those fights if they even warranted a two parter. Like, I don't know that Cheap Trick would be a two part episode, which would be a weird outlier. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Kira Hayato story certainly isn't. Right. Yeah. 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 You could. So you're now stuck with these kind of oddly shaped stories where if you wanted to do them all individually, you're now looking at like nine more episodes of your show mm-hmm. which you just don't you can't do uh <laughs> but they are also in and of themselves fairly contained that you could overlap them that way so, so like mm-hmm. it's 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 a valid choice but it does make for the weird part where koichi gets out of that paper and then immediately goes over to robots <laughs> to be like what the fuck's wrong with you man <laughs> what's, yeah. what's your deal why, why do you think he turns around and leaves like he needs a nap <laughs> I've, I've had enough i've got to walk my dog <laughs> like I gotta stretch my whole body out. I've been two-dimensional for several hours. <laughs> it hurts. I do not have time for whatever your shit is, Rohan. Not today. I've gotta walk my dog, by which I mean hoist him above my head and <laughs> carry him around the block. Rohan's like, Koichi, Koichi, come over here. I want to tell you this time about this, this story about this time that I became a priest <laughs> for five minutes. <laughs> Listen, it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't have time for your skis, man. Like, I don't. But like the, the, the difference between telling them sequentially in the manga and uh, intercutting the way that the Thursday episodes do is kind of like the difference between a, a like the Mortal Kombat arcade mode and a full court press. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it, it works. And I think that the I think that a smart thing to do certainly is to put to, like to cut Takira intermittently in those because mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. didn't do that you would be looking at like just a several episode swath where Kira's dad is Rita Repulsaing uh, <laughs> a bunch of randos for a minute like, like and, and Kira's just like doing whatever Kira does probably like we, we you know maybe he's making eggs. <laughs> um, I did, I did, when you said it in a previous episode, I was like, God, he really is just Rita Repulsa, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Like, he, <laughs> he really is just making his monster grow all the time. Like, it would feel a little too episodic, I think, if you did that differently. If you didn't do that first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, manga is a feel as a different medium, because you can read manga very quickly. Like, I can, I, you know, I've read all of part four in essentially two weeks, but like, I breeze through those, those stories, because they're they're one episodic, two very punchy. There's not a lot of thought required to get through Cheap Trick, right? It's a pretty <laughs> easy yeah. read. But if you were doing like four hours of television, it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, where's Kira, gang? <laughs> hey, you guys, uh, when Kira's not on screen, you should be asking, where is where's Kira? Where's Kira? Yeah. Um, and if the answer is at his office job, who cares? <laughs> I would. I want to know. <laughs> like, like, I want to see how Kira is doing. And it's like, there is the payoff because Bites the Dust is so Kira heavy. And it's really Mm -hmm, like an everything's mm -hmm. coming up Kira moment. Um, (laughs) 
that I mean, like when he came down the stairs, my first thought was, "Everything's coming up, Kira." Like <laughs> here I come down the stairs, new haircut, new me, like loving life, living, living large. But like the payoff would be less good, I think, if you had to sit through four hours of not. Yeah, that. yeah. But hey, maybe uh, Enigma's guy might be a person. I don't know. You could do anything. <laughs> no, no, he's, he, no, he's not. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, he does not suddenly become a person. <laughs> I, I do love Enigma, though. I love that. I love that fight because it, it's been a while at that point in the show since you've had a stand user that's just shit. Like it's just sucks. <laughs> yeah, this guy sucks. Like a, a Stardust Crusaders type guy, where it's just like, I'm a shitty guy. Fuck you. <laughs> he is a part three stand user, if ever there was one. Like a in how good he is at using Enigma. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. B in how like dumb his like. I feel like the part the the gun coming out of the paper could easily be in a part three episode. Like like it, it feels so ridiculous that it could be a Star Crusaders thing. Like the ah, scorpions. Blah. Yeah, like a like a baby stand moment. Like like <laughs> um. Also scorpions. Yeah. Also scorpions. Oh, <laughs> it feels like a moment where if the gun had come out, you could easily cut to Joseph going, Oh no. <laughs> uh, oh my God. So like it, it, it feels kind of wholesome to get back to this guy. That's just like, everyone feels fear. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one can avoid fear. <laughs> and it's just like, ah, oh, shut up, dude. <laughs> Stop, shut up. Like, Go away. Go away, you weirdo. <laughs> I, th- I think what makes him feel out of place, though, is he, it really exemplifies the shift between part three and part four toward, yeah. like, character logic over combat logic, right? Yeah. 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 That's also really clear with the, the reuse of Joseph. Like, okay, he comes to town, and he's supposed to use per- uh, Hermit Purple to, to find the arrow. Well, we already found the arrow, so Hermit Purple never gets used. Yeah. Could he find Kira? Yeah, but that's not how the story goes. The story is about Kira being found by the people close to him mm-hmm. and, and his own like internal flaws. It, it it's, it's not it's, it's the journey, not the destination. And yeah, so we've yeah. we've focused very highly like we we're very narrowly focused on the journey and not like Yeah, I mean yeah, honestly there could be literally as soon as as soon as they knew Kira existed, Joseph could have found him. Mm-hmm. Theor- theoretically like mm-hmm. I, Feel- to my recollection of how hermit purple works he could have found him very quickly just, just add like, an extra scene where joseph's like i'm really tired <laughs> <laughs> i got this I, baby to take care of and that takes all of my energy to do i don't want to make a map out of this spilled paint bucket you can't make me <laughs> i do i do think that maybe they're this is why the anime cuts joseph out of stories as much as they do like he's in more things in the month like he is mm. in Cinderella. He is the person mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. tells Yukiko to go to Cinderella. He's oh, like, huh. yeah, he's literally like, oh, have you heard about this place, Cinderella? They'll like get hook you up real, real good. Like, <laughs> you could be prettier, young lady. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, you seem really sad. You should go see this person. They seem to be, uh, they know what they're, what's up. Like, like, she's like, I just can't get Koichi to talk to me. And he's like, you should go talk to Cinderella, probably. Like, <laughs> or like when he goes to meet Rohan at the at the train station and does his whole manga thing, like. He's just way more present, but I think that maybe smartly, if you had him around as much, people who had just come off of part three would be wondering why he wasn't doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. I do think an interesting point, and I, I noted this down. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's important or not, but it is me talking about Golden Conway, <laughs> uh, which is there's a part when Joseph first shows up 
and he meets Okiyasu. He calls Okiyasu uh, Osomatsu. Right. Osoma is the Ainu word for for poop. <laughs> hmm. And I don't know if that's intentional. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if it was a little funny joke where Joseph is calling uh, like Okiyasu poop man. <laughs> <laughs> And that ends my golden kamui uh, tangent. <laughs> I could see Joseph doing that intentionally if you're a little bit younger. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it raises the question of how much of Joseph of Joseph's like senility is an act mm-hmm. to avoid having <laughs> to deal with shit. Like, and also, how fluent is he in jet? Je- like, he doesn't even read Japanese. So well. yeah. Like, so why would he know native Ainu? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> It's much easier to see as an intentional uh, uh, joke by the author than it is to see as an intentional, intentional joke, joke by, by Joseph. Joseph. Very yeah. much so. Very much so. Yes. <laughs> although, although part of me thinks that in his world travels, maybe he, maybe he would learn Ainu <laughs> just to spite <laughs> the Japanese. Like, <laughs> like, maybe he would learn it to be like, uh huh. Yeah, I know the original language. <laughs> this I see. This I can see. Yeah. <laughs> But but like I, I think it speaks to a point that I, th- I think is probably why at least some people find JoJo so engaging is that it is created in the moment. It is definitely a, a a creative process that speaks to what is important now. Whereas fandom likes to think holistically, yeah. and those have that that creates friction. That creates friction, and like part of the work of fandom is to fit things together. Like all the way back to the, the great game of of you know Sherlock Holmes fans back in the Edwardian days. <laughs> and that carried forward into the, the years in the future. People always love that about Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and JoJ's jo- 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 is Sherlock Holmes, but with punching people. So like, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Was that your uh, reasons why people like JoJo's for this episode? One hour. Look, if, if I don't do it, people <laughs> yell at me. <laughs> I, was, I realized I thought I thought I'm... I might have cut you off very early in this episode. No, I like, no, I wonder no. if he's going to come back to that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but <laughs> I said meaningless bullshit last time when Sarah was on just to make people happy, and I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> if I don't have one, I don't have one, okay? Well, I mean, you've raised a good point. I do think that JoJo's, <laughs> I think JoJo's is like a unique series because of how unplotted it often feels like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it feels like a free flowing creative work where it's just like this is what Araki is interested in today like this is what he's gonna write about um who's the other author that does something like that oh my god oh the case closed guy the guys that race oh Kill- shit okay like where it's just like oh he read about this today and decided to write a mystery about it like uh you know like where the plot of jojo's Part four is unique in that it does matter. Like, the Kira story is in itself presumably fairly plotted. It it feels like he does know where Kira's story is going, but he's, like, making up ways to get it there. (laughs) Like, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, Kira's story could have ended halfway through the show, (laughs) but then we did the Cinderella thing, and it's like, oh, okay, here Mm. we go. (laughs) Like, here's some (laughs) new stuff we can do. JoJo's feels like you're directly tapping into Araki's brain. Uh, <laughs> like you have a direct line to what's on his mind today. Uh, like Araki's on record that part four is his favorite part. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I, I know he's on record that Josuke is his favorite Joe star or Jojo. And I wonder if it's because he was able to, to like 
so effortlessly just talk about whatever he wanted in this part like, <laughs> uh, because he comes back to it all the time because he's done he's done Dust But for Hishibe he's done Rohan the Louvre he's done um, Dead Man's Questions now they're yeah. doing the Jojo the Josuke whole horse thing yeah like something about part four seems to be very resonant with people and maybe Iraqi specifically that like, you just want to keep coming back to this, this fertile land. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's interesting, you know, because Rocky himself has done some, some spinoffs of Jojo things with Rohan and all that, but there's also multiple different spinoff projects that are done by other people other than Iraqi, uh, mainly novels, but this whole horse and Josuke manga is also being, you know, written and drawn by someone else. Yeah. I think that's pretty interesting to see Jojo through the lens of a different author. Like I've only just started reading that first bit of yeah, uh, that spin-off yeah. manga, but it's I just also like read a little bit of it. It's interesting to see someone else approach Jojo because I feel like the story immediately happening with that new spin-off manga is something different from what Araki himself would do. Like going back to these mm-hmm. old villains yeah. And essentially seeing how they're dealing with PTSD and stuff yeah, from being yeah. Dio's henchmen <laughs> is cool. I did cool. not expect that to be the premise of that story. Like, I really didn't. I expected it to be some weird episodic detective manga where Whole Horse and Josuke would go around and do whatever they want. Yeah. Because that, <laughs> that's like, Iraqi spinoffs are like that, right? Like, Iraqi spinoffs are Rohan is sitting at St. Gentleman's and just tells a story about something that happened to him once. Like, yeah. like Rohan just tells a story about how he and Tonio fucking poached some abalone like one <laughs> night, uh, or how a whole family watched the movie Paul <laughs> and really loves Paul. Like, or like Kira is just out doing things as a ghost for some reason. Whereas this story is like, okay, whole horse has actual feelings about being uh, used by Dio. Right. And we're visiting Mariah, we're visiting Kenny G and stuff, and it's like, how do they feel about this? You know? And there's like a a mystery angle to it, like a big overarching mystery established in episode one, which is not a thing JoJo does. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> We don't even know what this part is about until episode seven, usually. I, yeah. I would takes it takes about four episodes for a part to be about what it's about. Like, uh well, actually, I think part seven no, no, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Part seven starts off with like an entirely different story unrelated to the story that it is. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very interesting to see someone try to apply. And it goes back to like the, the people who would, if they could have made a wiki page for Sherlock Holmes in the 1900s, <laughs> they surely mm-hmm. would have. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, the flame wars we do have records of still. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there were there was no more more in uh, in the <laughs> er, early days of Sherlock Holmes, but it doesn't feel surprising that it would arise 100 years later. <laughs> like, and then maybe in 100 years when they make the JoJo's live action adaptation, like, mm-hmm. oh, people will invent a character for Kira to be in love with. Great. <laughs> God, the um, fucking! I'm just imagining like a prestige TV Netflix v- oh version of JoJo, and how much worthless extra scenes they would throw in to go like, "Ooh, here's the inner politics of the 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 Dio's of Dio's henchmen." Oh yes. my god! That's, oh, oh my god! god. Yes. Yeah, they would. They would do that. Yes. 
that's there like be a lot of oh my god that is like the number one thing all these fucking shows do to stretch out episode time is just like yeah. what are all mm-hmm. these minor characters doing like politically within their little gang or whatever and it's just, i don't fucking care i've got i've got a hot take about the netflix cowboy bebop uh-huh. i think it's pretty good when it's doing what it wants to do yeah which is be a buddy cop yeah. action comedy i mm. think that's a that's a accurate description of like oh the syndicate shit is unwatchable bad, yeah bad. I, mean, I mean here's the thing is like cowboy up the original show this is a tangent but <laughs> the original show vicious so does not matter right like vicious yeah. is barely no. in the show and the worst thing you can do to him is try make to make him, him more a character, character. there is yeah. no right way to do it like like this and this goes to like what makes villains good right like you have to know what your villain is about like vicious is a hong kong action movie villain like this is his thing he is a villain in an action movie that has a grim backstory with our protagonist and he has a sword and he looks cool like that's it that is all vicious serves to do is to be cool doing bad things occasionally if you explain he doesn't have motivations he doesn't like eat food or anything a human being does. exactly i don't need to know why he's doing what he's doing i don't need to know about his dad please don't (laughs) tell me about his dad i love listen i love john noble i believe yes love john noble a whole career of being awful dads. <laughs> but you don't need him. I don't need him, but Vicious is dad. <laughs> like, He's like, the king of bad dads. It's like, it's the difference between Vicious and, and Kira, for example, or Dio and Kira, or Frieza and Kira. Like, this is a different segment of villain. This is like, there are some villains for whom learning about them is the thing you want to do. And it, it benefits the story. Like, Learning about Kira and what's going on in Kira's head is important because the whole story is about what's going on in Kira's head, basically, right? Like, yeah. the the way to beat Kira is to understand what is going on in Kira's head because he's an idiot. <laughs> the, the secret is that while he presents himself as very put together and smart and like, I mean, he presents himself as very average, but I mean, while he would believe himself to be quite smart, he is also... A, a complete moron <laughs> like when it comes to <laughs> not revealing his whole... Uh, ass like for the world to see. like <laughs> and we do see it we see and, that ass. and by god we do <laughs> uh but like you don't need to know what's going on in, in dio's mind oh i i no. assume that what's going on in dio's head is man i love being dio <laughs> yeah woke up today i love being dio today like man i'm gonna be the best dio i can be all the backstory history stuff of dio that you ever need is within those first three episodes of jojo that's <laughs> yeah. it as much as like later JoJo's parts revisit Dio, you don't really learn anything more about him. It's just him being Dio in places. Like, here's Dio on a couch talking about religion, like <laughs> through the through the lens of Dio uh, yeah. for four seconds. Never more than six feet from a mirror. Loves those things. Can't get enough of them. <laughs> uh, lounging provocatively as much mm, as possible. Got to lounge. Uh, you got to oh, lounge. You got to lounge. We- wearing uh, his elven like shoes the little christmas elf shoes <laughs> like, uh, yeah but but yeah the worst thing you can do for dio is like have him open up a closet and grab one of five pairs of elf shoes yeah I didn't <laughs> know that. destroying the mystique of the character like yeah. it, it, it does make sense for why kira would have ties like he does if you really wanted to get into it i don't think it's necessary yeah it's just, yeah it's jojo's fashion it's what it is but if you wanted to think about it Kira, we know, is very into his appearance and would buy ties like that. 
that's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the guy he is but i don't need it i don't need a wiki article to explain it to me but like it, it doesn't it wouldn't be incongruous to have him talk about fashion because he likes that that's just normal for him but it would be weird if dio explained why he bought the elf shoes <laughs> <laughs> or why he put hearts on his knee pads like we wouldn't you know that, that nope 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 <laughs> Uh, it's because he's the most fashion-forward thinker in history. You know True how many enough. people have hearts on their knee pads following Dio? I was going to say, I do miss <laughs> in the anime adaptation that they do cut off some parts where Josuke talks about fashion brands that he likes. Oh, man. Uh, it was like, like he, I forget which ones he mentioned specifically, but I did write it down. Uh, he mentions uh, Boss Ferragamo, uh, Bailey, Bollies, and Mr. Junko's. Mr. Junko's socks that he bought. Um, oh, uh, is, is Mr. Junko the dad of uh, uh, Tamami's crush? <laughs> um, I love that we just know there's a girl in the school named Junko. We never see her. We never hear from her. Um, yeah. And she went on to star in Danganronpa. <laughs> well, wow. I was going to say Victory Gundam, but okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, Coming out around this time, actually. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So while Araki was living his best life, uh, Tomino, kill him while Tomino, was living his worst life and putting wheels on spaceships. <laughs> oh, man. That's interesting. A compar- two creators at different points in their careers. <laughs> one's depressed, one's living it up. <laughs> okay. We- we've talked about pretty much all the human characters mm-hmm. uh, and and especially how they relate to to uh, Kira and his downfall with one very notable exception okay or rather uh, uh, that that leaves out one very notable character because after all of the dog death over all of these years <laughs> yes! one of those dead dogs is yes! the, the crowning the, the the coup de gras hero <laughs> yeah I love I love that imagine imagine speaking of dio if iggy had like survived and his one contribution <laughs> was unzipping the the body bag that exposed dio to the sun <laughs> uh someone i saw somewhere that iraqi does acknowledge that he kills a lot of dogs in jojo okay. it, uh, how, it's undeniable there's nothing to acknowledge i acknowledge the sun is out right now what do you mean he acknowledges it <laughs> Uh, apparently it's shorthand for him for a person being quite bad. So he does, he does acknowledge that he uses it a lot and it's, he does use it in the puppy kicking mentality. Like, I, like you kind of forget Kira does kill a dog. He killed Arnold. Like, like he, yeah, he, he yeah. kills a dog very, very violently. Like, and that dog got revenge. What a, what a, the story has come full circle at this moment, you know? Like, like, and if you think about the timeline, cause okay, the Sugimoto family, Kira's first victims. Yeah. Arnold might be the first thing he killed. I mean, probably not. I, isn't there something about like Kira torturing animals in the woods or something? Oh or yeah, am I, I think just he like did. Yeah, filling in he, with yeah, like I think that's quite shit. True. I think okay, that's quite okay. True. But like the first time Kira went out on a murder. Yep. Mm-hmm. Arnold might have been the first victim. <laughs> Very yeah. possibly. I also think it's funny that reminds me that 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 story is also an urban legend. Like the <laughs> the dude under the bed licking yep. your hand when you think it's your dog is an urban legend that that Iraqi is riffing on, but it allows him to kill a dog. So I guess that's a victory. <laughs> oh boy, I just thought about uh, being revealed that Kira was licking her yep. hand. Yeah, he was. Under yeah, the bed. Kira was licking her yeah. hand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Mm, don't like that. No, yeah, don't like that. Here's the thing. This is the thing about Kira that I think is really 
interesting in part four in general all the stuff he does when it when like revealing his proclivities are not like as gory or gruesome as uh, a prestige television show might do, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Hannibal is great, but this is not doing Hannibal stuff, right? Kira's stuff is so mundane in how bad it is. Like, every person who's <laughs> ever watched part four or read it will never in their life forget the part where Kira puts that hand in that sandwich and then puts the sandwich (laughs) back and then puts the sandwich back. It's horrible. It's (laughs) it's disgusting. Everyone is immediately just like, (laughs) or the, the nail clipping scene with the bowling ball nail clippers, like that gets into some, his weird, like it gets weirder. But, like, we all understand the concept mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. what clipping someone's nails would be like. Uh, yeah, and- yeah. But it's a f- it, it's the fucking, like, chicken... Uh, it's the fried chicken scene from Killer Joe, which if you haven't seen yeah, Killer Joe, yeah, you need to go yeah, out yeah, and yeah. see Killer Joe. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the, the NC-17 theatrical cut, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> the reconnaissance really started there. It's a good scene. I mean, it's a bad scene, but it's a good scene. Um, <laughs> but it's like... It works because people, most people, are not going to have a great, like, mental connection to horrifically violent acts of, like, sexual depravity, right? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the most part, we do not encounter those. Now, maybe I do, but but most people do not. So, like, those things, while they stick with you in the moment as shocking, they don't stick with you as, like, you can't relate to them. Just, just to, to, to be clear, could could you explain the, the whole? Maybe I do. Not everybody oh. knows your biography. We didn't really go into it. I just want to get some things made explicit. Fair point. No, uh, fair point. I uh, I am a forensic pathologist. I'm a medical examiner. I, I cut up the dead of the chunks for a living, for a professional job. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it's there's. It's <laughs> not, mm, not P- weird. People may recall the whole MCAT thing coming up earlier. Not, there you go. If you don't know, now you know. It's not as weird <laughs> as, as it might sound. Uh, I just mean like like I would have reference for things be like violent things being done, but like most people don't. So like it's shocking, but not a thing that like stays with you. Like the things that stay with you are things you can relate to, and you can relate to going to a store and picking up a sandwich that's been punctured and being mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. um, mm. um, <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> like this is gross, but what if it's so much more gross like, than I think it's so it much is. More, like, like, it's just so gross that now suddenly the sandwich at your local market looks different to you, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of course, in the show, it looks, for some reason, very vaginal, but whatever. <laughs> for some whatever, reason. <laughs> for some reason, two things David Productions likes. Putting vaginas and things and Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, in turn, likes putting things in vaginas. So, you see. Well... <laughs> <laughs> it would be really great if there is if someone could edit a scene of of uh, Kira like watching someone on the train and then you cut to Austin Powers saying, "Do I make you rend?" <laughs> <laughs> or no, Kira is watching Austin Powers. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> this... like live in person Kira, on the train. They should Kira's Kira's cover should be that he has a copy of a book that says that sort of thing's not my bag. <laughs> like Kira, I think you might be kind of a weirdo. No, 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 no. <laughs> that sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. <laughs> like, 
Uh, Kira is looming over a very strangleable neck in the office, and then the woman turns around, but you edit her face to be Austin Powers. <laughs> a high glossy, a glossy JPEG of Austin Powers. <laughs> uh, I would love to hear Kira say that sort of thing. Just ain't my bag, baby. <laughs> oh man. Oh, if I remember correctly, going back to you know Arnold. The, the first ever dog in JoJo getting revenge, really. Uh, if I remember correctly, this is also like the last time Araki kills a dog in JoJo, but there is still a lot of animal violence to come. Just not dog-based. Oh, don't, yeah, don't worry. I mean, don't worry about that. Like, I mean, there are so many horses in, <laughs> later on. There's like, a lot of horses <laughs> to die. You should have chased this podcast. <laughs> the horses must, horses must die. <laughs> Uh, which I I forgot that uh, the horses eventually become a new way for um, Araki to include uh, names of musical artists that he likes. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. He can name horses after them now. Although the most famous horse in music has no name, so it's sort of paradoxical. <laughs> the dogs got justice today. The dogs, you know what? It makes sense that you stop killing them at this moment, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is this is their justice. The justice o'clock is now. And it's, and it's dog time. <laughs> <laughs> Justice o'clock is now, and it's dog time. <laughs> TikTok, it's dog o'clock. Here we go. Look, uh, are you expe- are you experiencing any numbness on one side of your face? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's yeah. the name of the episode if we can fit it in. <laughs> uh, oh, I wanted to mention, Josuke, here's an interesting tidbit, okay, that is not in the show, but is in the manga, and it raises some questions about what Rohan, Rohan's like style is, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. in the manga, Josuke references that he reads one manga. He reads Dr. Slump. <laughs> Okay. Whereas in the anime, he's a he's a special boy who does not read manga, unlike everyone else in this town. Right, right. So the question then is, so he's not susceptible to Rohan. Mm-hmm. How different is Pink Dark Boy from Doctor Slump? Like, mm. it does I guess diametrically opposed? I guess <laughs> yeah. perfect opposites. Does Heaven's Door? work with like theme <laughs> like, this, like are you, do you have to be receptive to rohan's specific brand of skis to actually like be affected by it like if a person only read revolutionary girl Lutena and they came, and rohan came out and like made his head face explode they'd be like ah 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 no 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 your manga is not gay enough for me my friend <laughs> i will not be will not be susceptible to your attack today <laughs> I bet Rohan makes some pretty gay manga, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so thus folk Rohan Achieve does imply some things about what Rohan writes about. And it's just appears to be basically how Araki makes JoJo's. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, he makes... <laughs> probably a little gay, at least. Uh, probably a little bit. Uh, probably a little bit. It's interesting. Rohan the Louvre is maybe the the least gay JoJo story that exists. Oh God, like, yeah. It's weird how not like it's weird how very like okay we're talking about ladies today <laughs> like a very rare this is thing. about ladies. Yeah, Yukiko's appearance and her relationship with Koichi is very unusual because there's not a lot of romance in JoJo by and large. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, how can we forget the the deep and meaningful times that Jonathan spent with Arena? <laughs> Or like Joseph just, and Susie Q. 
people just people just get married in jo- in jo- in JoJo's, right? Like that's the end of JoJo's. Every part of this one is getting married, but part four, it like Im- there's dating in it. Like that's <laughs> an unusual thing for it. But but boy howdy, Row in the Louvre is even more unusual than that. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking about it, it's it's really a uh, uh, shocking that Joseph has been married to Susie Q for as long as he has considering the relationship was basically they met each other and then two weeks later decided to elope and get married. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes they're making it work. work. Yeah. For the most part. Well, they're well, kind of making it work, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they made it that long with him only cheating one time, once in Japan, <laughs> his most hated nemesis <laughs> is, you know, I mean, pretty, pretty impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So everybody who gets stabbed with arrow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Starts to develop a stand, even though sometimes it kills them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you survive the the stand pain, you get a stand. Mm-hmm. Like yes. we got we got Koichi's egg. Uh Crazy Diamond is just uh uh because Josuke survived his stand coma. Mm-hmm. Holly's got that stand. Yep, I was just gonna say, are you are you talking about Holly? Yes. <laughs> Holly's got that whatever it's called, whatever it does, she's the- just like Got it. It looks like hermit yeah. purple. Like it looks like a hermit purple variation or something. She like, got hermit green running around. Whatever that does. <laughs> like yes. So I do think that based on Araki's logic here, Holly is a stand user. I hope it helps with raising infant nieces. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It, I hope it it's somehow useful. Baby. <laughs> like uh, maybe unless you see an invisible baby and it was meant to be. Uh, I do think that it's a real shame that the invisible baby does not show up in as like a jojo like you know what i mean like that's what i was saying you can never say she's not there Uh, well that is true that's true she's also very quiet i I think (laughs) it would be interesting to have like a jojo that was an adopted jojo and not a joestar you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. that would be an interesting story yeah that that could be a lot of fun i can see there being a very meaningful moment where uh, uh, like our past two, they accept a place in the family yeah. and they go to a tattoo parlor for and the get- star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. dude. That rule. Yeah, good. right? Yeah. You can introduce a stand user that does special stand tattoos. Oh, my God. Ooh. Oh, my God. Tattoo stand. <laughs> yes. Because <Yeah. laughs> there are jo- JoJo's parts where the JoJo feels like they are not the, the, the Joestar lineage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, arguably, Koichi feels like a Joe star in part four, right? Like for much of it, he feels like the, the Jojo. If you could somehow make a J into Koichi's name, he would be the Jojo. (laughs) Like part seven, the Jojo is really not the, the, the Joe star lineage. Like it's a different guy, but like, so, so you could very definitely do this story about this invisible baby. That's not a Joe star, but is a Jojo. Alas, we don't get to see that, but you know, it would have been nice. Maybe we can get another spinoff manga later. Part nine. Part nine's coming. Is it Part Jojo Jojo Land, yes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll take some doing. <laughs> it'll, it'll take some 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 clever writing on Iraqi's part <laughs> to make this work. But Yeah. I mean, it's called Jojo Land. If you're gonna make any sort of title that's just like we're bringing all the Jojos in. That's I agree. Jojo I Land like is the good it, name for it. It feels like we have to be heading towards the end of JoJo's, right? Because no one can keep doing this for. Araki's like in his sixties. Yeah, I mean, it, it's set in Polnareff world, actually. Oh, it's yeah. a theme park thing. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, it feels like this would be like let's just get everybody together, big jo- like I guess that's what Eyes of Heaven is. The game, yeah, the game. But like, yeah, 
which retroactively <laughs> fixes some bad dads. Like, and I guess it's <laughs> then canon. Then it's non-canon. Thank I, you. No, no, it's not. If it fixes bad dads, I reject it. <laughs> it fixes one bad dad. It fixes one bad dad. This is your chance, Iraqi. Give us Invisible Baby. There's stuff you can do with that power. Yep. There's definitely puzzles that could be solved or created. Oh, yeah. Although, really, as soon as Joseph remembers what Hermit Purple can do, he's the most suited to keep track of this invisible baby. That's a fair point. It's true. You can just find her. <laughs> he doesn't even need to buy one of those little leashes you get for little toddlers. He can just have Hermit Purple around the baby. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> just put a bell on her. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just very strange. Like, we, got, we get the first female JoJo, and it's like, it's not this baby that's been established to exist. Like... I mean, it's not its not really an Iraqi forgot thing. It's more like an Iraqi chose to do something else, but it does feel yeah. like a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm always hoping one day, Invisible Baby. Uh, oh, one thing about the show that I like, the, the epilogue, we talked about it a little bit, but I liked how much they mm-hmm. explained it. The, the epilogue of the manga yes. is like one page. I love how much they do with it. Like, it really like makes it feel like the town is so like full of character. I also love the ending. I love the, the Tonio ending, you know, the comeback, comeback again. Like thing because you do want to come back right you want to go back to Mario <laughs> yeah and if you don't he'll go out of business <laughs> true uh, I love that he's like the best Italian restaurant in all of creation and yet yep. he's just kind of like a hidden off to the side restaurant that not a ton of people know about that's that's how it is that's yeah. how yeah yeah I saw Jiro Dreams of Sushi I know how it goes <laughs> Twitter Twitter had that the uh, Italian acceptability chart going around recently. Oh, yes, I saw that. I wonder where Tonio's restaurant falls on it. I wonder mm. what things Tonio does if Italians would approve. <laughs> yeah. His stuff seems pretty textbook. I'm surprised he's not doing more, like, fusion-style cooking because he's so in love with the, the local produce. Well, I will tell you, not in the OVA, but in the Rohan manga, he does do some of that a little bit. Okay, There is, okay. There is a little bit. Like, the Rohan manga does do a little bit for Tonio to explain a little bit more about him. For example, we were talk. There is a question about like healing something, maybe about Okias's dad. His stand works on ingredient basis, so the his stand is only good if the ingredients are good. Like, mm, okay, like it can only do as much as the ingredients are quality. <laughs> <laughs> so he needs the best stuff for the biggest projects, <laughs> which is why you come to Morio because it has all the best. It's got all the best stuff in it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, he should he should like get some like fucking non-GMO locally grown not small batch produce from Superfly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Superfly should make like a like a Laura's lean beef when it comes from Superfly. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the little garden there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where all the caprese salad tomatoes come from. Oh my god, yes. That's the one you know what? The epilogue did fail us there because they could have shown us that. Mm-hmm. They absolutely could have shown us him getting a delivery of tomatoes from the from Superfly. Oh man! Oh man! That would have been good. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't. I didn't note how much I love um, putting on a fresh pair of underwear on the first morning of a brand new year. Oh yeah, the best. One of the best statements in an, an entire series. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> In a very memeable part of JoJo, perhaps the most wholesome meme of them all. Um, <laughs> although I feel you deeply is pretty is pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. As long as Kira doesn't say it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, all he gets is what a beautiful Duang. So, <laughs> oh no, he gets I got a boner, <laughs> which I still think is the funniest way that you could reveal your your sexual deviancy to someone. <laughs> the show makes it grosser, but I got a boner is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank all of you listening for, for joining us, but I'd like to thank more than anyone, Mario, for joining us, hey. making the sounds. Ah. <laughs> uh, so but, but before we go, uh, is there anything you would like to point the people towards? Sure. Uh, I am the co-host of uh, You Can't Scare Me, a Goosebumps podcast <gasps> with my good pals Bob and Rachel, going in order through all of the Goosebumps novels and TV episodes. Um, and you can find us at um, well, you can't scare me podcast on on any of your podcast services, but on Twitter at YCSM Pod. Uh, probably the most recent thing that we'll have talked about will be uh, Say Cheese and Die. That's, that's the next one. I was a big fan of the Say Cheese and Die sub series when when I was Goosebumps reading age. You mean Say Cheese and Die again? <laughs> yes yes i i love the continued adventures of that that camera <laughs> yeah we so we, we just did monster blood and the tv monster blood and the tv special episode only that was a sequel to monster blood that's not monster blood 2 different <laughs> different thing <laughs> the book is different whole different thing watch the episode to fo- or listen to the episode to find that great story out but uh i think the next one in order would be say cheese and die and i'm recording it next weekend so it'll be the most recent one by march i should think fantastic oh by the way ha- happy march 14th everybody uh <laughs> instead of asking you for the things i often ask you for at the end of one of these i'd like to wish my wife a happy birthday <laughs> oh happy birthday happy birthday As we said last week, and intimated several times earlier today, uh, before moving on to part five, we will be covering some Rohan business. Mm -hmm. Uh, Expect three weeks of episodes just of uh, uh, Rohan stuff. So next time you hear from us, we are going to be talking about the OVA versions of Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan, the first called Episode 5, Millionaire Village, and the second (laughs) called Episode 2, Mutsukabe Hill. Why are they titled like that? Maybe I'll find out. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. really good, though. Oh, they're so they're, good. They're good, yeah. Why is the third one called episode 16? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the answer to that question, but, but, yeah. but I will restrain myself. <laughs> but those will not come at you next week. If, if you remember, if you cast your mind back to uh, our end of part three, I gave a lot of good reasons for why we take breaks once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, those caught up to us. Uh, so we're going to be back in two weeks. That's right. Only taking one week off from uh, uploading. So you'll hear us talk about, again, episode five, Millionaire Village, and episode two, Mutsukabe Hill, on the 28th on the 28th of March. Oh, man, I can't even imagine that far into the future right now. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, uh, again, thank thank you all for, for joining us on a trip through Morio and one of the more colorful uh, summers mm-hmm. and, and springs in its history. It's a real and pleasure. I, <laughs> and I, I can't wait to get back to... Uh, uh, Rohan's recollections and whatever is is lying in wait in part five. Oh, you're gonna love it. 
Par five is a, a weird one. I'm interested to see how I feel about it watching it a second time. Well, here. I see. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I'm not, you're gonna love Rohan stuff, but a part five is like part five is is weird for me. Like part five is just yeah. There's great stuff in it. There's some really good stuff in it. <laughs> Definitely for sure. <laughs> to be continued. See you later, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>